And now, introducing the man who was recently apprehended in connection with the missing ATMs around the Baltimore area. When placed under interrogation, he said, quote, I didn't do it for the money. To be honest, I thought ATM stood for something entirely different, unquote. Hmm. He's making everyone uncomfortable. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Paul. And we are joined this morning. He's a new friend, somebody that uh, I've known a little bit from Twitter interactions, but basically nothing more than that. Um, in fact, he didn't invite me to his birthday party, and I still want to deal with that with him. Uh, from the Baltimore Beatdown podcast, he is our friend Jake Luke, and he is here in studio with us. What's up, Jake? How are you, man? Good, Glenn. Let's get to know each other, man. I know, right? We uh, this is when Jeremy comes in. We normally end up spooning out on the uh, the couch out there. So I'm just warning you. That's sort of the expectation level. That and what I is have. the uh, what is the alcohol intake going to be this today? Uh, not today? not what it was on Monday. I'm not a, that. I'm a little upset. Did I've been here going on three months. I've yet to. Be I spooned. have asked you. You seven times to spoon with me, and you said no every time. Uh, but in fact, but one time you went to HR. Uh, well, I, I prefer being the little spoon. Oh, I thought you want me to be the big spoon. A different thing. When I asked Kyle Andrews yesterday which spoon he wanted to be, he was like, "Do you, do you think there's a choice here? <laughs> there do you, you no think option. there's an that's option?" A, that's an ice cream spoon. Right Speaking there. of which, uh, Jake is not Kyle. We'll get that fixed here in a second. Oh, it's fixed. Yeah, Good. wonderful. Thank you, thank you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Jake, it's great to see you. Give everybody your background for people that don't know you. Um, how you how do you started getting involved with the Baltimore Beatdown? Um, where you come from, where did you come from, where did you go, where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm from around here, originally around here in uh, Baltimore, as I specified with you earlier, Glenn, uh, Baltimore County specifically. Went to college down in Salisbury, uh, was always kind of interested in the idea of journalism or that whole idea. Took one journalism class, found out it kind of wasn't totally for me, so okay. I, was, I was drifting a little bit, but then uh, I saw BaltimoreBeatdown.com, our website through SB Nation, Post a little one ad for, you know, bloggers. They were taking on people at the time, so I submitted some writing. I was always, I thought, a pretty good writer. Um, so submitted a sample. I forget what even on. And uh, our managing editor, still to this day, Kyle, brought me on. So wrote there for a couple years, still right there. Uh, but mainly I'm now doing the uh, Baltimore Beatdown podcast, which you, you can find wherever Pods are found. Been doing that about two years at this point. So yeah, that's the story, man. So it's available on iTunes and 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 Spotify and of yep. course Grinder. Exactly. Yeah. Plenty of fish. Nailing uh, Christian Mingle. Christian Mingle. All yep. of them. Farmers only. That whole deal. Yeah, you can find it. Uh, find it wherever uh, pods are found, and YouTube too. If you want to see my face, which I don't know why you would, but uh, you have that option as well. I've never understood that. I have never understood why people want to watch this show. For example, I, every time somebody's like. Man, you got this many viewers today. I'm like, I don't understand why we have one. I don't know who's sitting at home today and saying, you know, the voice is something, but I need to see that ugly-ass face of his. I need that to be the case. I'll never get that in my life. But I appreciate those of you that do, for what it's worth, as we're now on both Facebook and uh, YouTube as well. And Twitch coming soon, because... That's a thing that it's I don't. Hip. It's not my world, man. It ain't my world, but it is coming soon. We'll be adding that to the repertoire. All right, uh, coming up on the program today, Jake's here. We're gonna chat with him. I got some Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios. I'll be showing, sharing those out on YouTube in a second. Uh, later on in the program, we're gonna preview the Rams. Demarco Far uh, does sidelines for them. Former Super Bowl champion. Uh, we will preview them with Demarco Far later on in the show. And actually, coming up in just a few minutes, Raymond Chester is gonna join us. Baltimore's own. Um, was with the Colts, obviously, in the 1970s. Before that, and actually after that, both, he played for the Raiders and, of course, played for the great John Madden. And we're going to chat with Raymond Chester this morning to remember the life of the legendary John Madden. And 
it wasn't my plan. I thought we were going to do a lot of fun stuff this morning, just sort of talk about the big picture stuff with the Ravens. And we'll still get into plenty of that, Jake, but I figured we should probably start there today because it is the predominant story, obviously, in the world of sports. Uh, before we do that, quickly, I need to remind everybody that we've got a programming change for tomorrow. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show with Ken Zalis normally has been at 11.30 a.m. We're going to do it at 10 a.m. tomorrow because KZ's got some soccer-related things that he's dealing with. So 10 a.m. to kick off tomorrow's show, the Press Box Fantasy Football Show with Ken Zalis. It's brought to you by CCBC, Glory Days Grill, and the Maryland Department of Transportation. The final Press Box Fantasy Football Show of the season tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., so if you've got questions for your own championship games, get them in early for KZ. Get them to me. Tweet me tomorrow morning in the 9 a.m. hour. We will pose those questions to KZ starting at 10 a.m. tomorrow for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. Now, with that said, obviously everybody knows uh, John Madden passed away yesterday. And, and it's, you know, there's no take when to have when somebody passes away. It's, you're just celebrating someone's life. And it was remarkable to me to watch this because it really struck me. Jake, you said you guys had just... Happened to be talking about John Madden a couple of weeks ago because of the All Madden documentary that uh, aired on Fox. I have not seen it yet. I know they re-aired it last night on FS1. I did. I guess they're going to re-air it again tonight on FS1. So I did set my uh, my my DVR is set to record uh, like a rerun of Colin Coward and like whatever was supposed to be on tonight on FS1 so that I can actually watch it because I have not had that opportunity yet. Um, John Madden is such a has been such a ubiquitous part of our lives. That in a strange way, I feel like I never fully appreciated him because he was just so omnipresent. You know what I mean? Like he was just, you weren't a John Madden guy. You weren't a John Madden fan necessarily, the way you'd be a fan of Bruce Springsteen or a fan of, you know, whoever you're a fan of. He just existed, right? Like he just existed in this larger than life way that if you cared about football for decades, he was such a predominant part of it in so many capacities that weirdly, like when he passed away, I found myself saying like, man, this man lived one of the truly most incredible American lives, and yet I weirdly feel as though I haven't appreciated him fully because of it. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> that's the take that I have. I don't really have any interactions that I had with John Madden. Like, I had one when I was in Phoenix. He was on my show once, and it was a 10-minute radio hit that was plugging something. I think I told you, Jake, I think it was a book or something like that. I don't have great John Madden stories, man. But, like, there is no football for decades without there being, like, without John Madden being such a part of it. Well, uh, Glenn, Glenn and I are around the same age, and... John Madden has been a part of our football lives, our entire lives. Uh, the the video game first came out in the mid '80s. He was a part of the movie Little Giants, where he he, he was uh, known for not liking flying on airplanes. So he had the Madden bus, and that, you see the Madden bus in in Little Giants, and all these all pro players coming off the bus with him. And you know he's just that guy. His video game is still around today, and still the highest selling football game that there is. It's really the only football game. That there is, and that's what people equate him to. But people don't talk about the fact that he is one of historically that the best winning percentage of any coach yeah. in, the, in the history of the NFL, seven fifty six, eleven and one on Monday Night Football, which is also the best winning percentage and best record on Monday Night Football. 
he is an all-time great of the game, and people don't talk about that enough because all they're concerned about is a video game. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk to Ray McChester here. I'm pretty sure he played in the Ghost of the Post game. Yeah, Raiders uh, at Colts here, the last really great Colts game in Baltimore. Yes, and Madden. There's there's a great documentary um, on Ghost of the Post that Madden is a big part of. I, I'd recommend people go find that and watch it because it really does. I, I was talking about this a little bit on Twitter last night. You get lost in the larger than life persona that you're. Talking about, to your point there, and you get lost in the video game and him appearing in Little Giants and kind of just being this larger-than-life character. He's a football genius. I think he still has the highest winning percentage. I think you might have yeah. mentioned that, Paul. And, um, yeah, just – and what year were you guys born? I was 83. 84. Yeah. So, to you, he's John Madden, the broadcaster, Correct. ostensibly. To me, he's the video game guy. I was born in 95. To my dad, in that generation, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. And, and, and I think it, speaks, it like, speaks to why this, this unique American life. This, this man who was so – when I use the word ubiquitous, and I, and I it, he was he was ubiquitous almost to the point where you couldn't pin it down. Where he wasn't one thing, he was all of these things. To your point, um, and and you're right. To your point, your dad and so many people they think of him as being the the coach of this legendary Raiders almost dynasty at that point, and and the Raiders sort of taking over the NFL for a stretch in football history and being becoming this brand. That was so much more significant than a football team. That that still stands today, despite the fact the Raiders have not lived up to that standard in any capacity. It was such a strong brand for so, and obviously Al Davis had a lot to do with that as well. It was such a strong brand because of that great success that the Raiders still matter today, despite the fact they haven't won anything of any significance in forever, and they've literally been in three different cities during this process. And yet the brand is so much bigger than that because of the success they had. You throw in obviously. John Madden, the color analyst, is the greatest analyst in football history by far. There's not a number two. There's, there's, you can debate. I think Troy Aikman does a tremendous job for the most part, given that he's a Hall of Fame. I know when he did the Ravens game a couple weeks ago, people don't think he was great, but I get it. Like, for the most part, Troy Aikman has been great through his broadcasting career. I know a lot of people are in love with Tony Romo, but there's not a, there's not a second guy there's not a number two on this list that we look at and say, well, here's the second greatest color analyst of all time. There's John Madden, and then there's everybody else. To your point, uh, Peter King put out a tweet last night that said basically the same stuff you're saying, but he finished it off by saying he didn't play, yet he might be the most influential person in I football I saw that history. tweet, and that's not technically true. John Madden was a player. He got hurt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it was a weird way for Peter King to say it. I know what he was trying to say. Like, he didn't really have a playing career. Right. And yet, he might be the most influential person. It's just a weird way that he, he worded it because it made it seem like he never played football, which is not true. Like he was, in fact, with the Eagles at one point. He just got hurt, and he right. went, you know he never had a career because of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. It's the, the this I, ubiquitous is the word I keep coming back to, right? Like he football was John Madden. John Madden was football, and yet the video game did have a ton to do with it, unquestionably, because the video game <clears throat> built in transforming football from being. And I don't even know, Jake, with your age, how much of this you feel. It's it's comical to try to say to a young person right now that the NFL was ever not the most powerful or most significant American professional sports league. But it wasn't even definitely number two at a time. Like, it was obviously baseball was numbers one, two, three, four, and five in this country for a very long time. And then everything else kind of competed behind that. He, that video game, and that era of pop culture with football really did walk right in line 
with elevating the NFL to being America's predominant professional sports league, and and much like baseball once was, becoming one, two, three, four, and five, where now it's the NFL here and everybody else. I mean, the NBA's here, ba- you know, baseball here. It's so far and above anything else that exists in American sports. And John Madden was a significant part of that rise. I liked football when I was young, like when I was a young kid. But I told you when, before we got going here that I moved around a little bit. So I wasn't 100% associated with the Ravens like right out of the gate when I was like a young kid. And it was when I started playing that video game that I started to really fall in love with football. That brings me more so to the Ravens. And then I get back to Baltimore around age 10, and I'm really, really into them by that point. So I think, and he said that, there were quotes going around last night on Twitter, that part of the reason he pushed really hard for a 11-on-11 simulation football game was to inspire young people to go on and become coaches or go on and play. And I think he 100% accomplished that. And that was like his last third act in life, which is pretty incredible because I don't know if you have even things like fantasy football without Madden, for example. And, 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 and by the way, those are the two things. The two things that are most credited with elevating football to the, you know, the status in this country that is, is honestly the video game and fantasy football. That while rotisserie baseball existed and it was something, it was so, it was such a, a bear to participate because the games were happening every day and there was so much math that had to be involved. You had to be so dedicated where football was being played one time a week. At that time, you know, before there was live ESPN, Yahoo stats for fantasy football, it was so much easier to play fantasy football. It was so much easier to be involved in that way. It was so much easier to bet on football than it was to bet on any other sport because there were fewer games. Those are the two things. Literally, fantasy football and this stupid video game had more to do with the rise of football than anything else in the world, right? Like these two, it wasn't any particular player. It wasn't any particular team. It wasn't anything like that. It was these two outside influences that had the greatest impact on why the NFL became America's obsession, became larger than, than politics, became larger than entertainment, than the, the movie industry in this country, were these two entities, a, a fantasy football concept and a silly video game, a video game that was that influential. Every other sport has video games. None of them have had a tenth of the impact of this video game. And look, the video game itself wasn't all John Madden. He happened to be the name that was attached to it. But to your point, Jake, he he was significantly attached to it. It was it was a pride of his. It wasn't a case. This isn't the George Foreman grill where somebody built a grill and said, "Hey, George Foreman, can we put your name on it?" Like he was very much involved with the uh, the elevation, the creation of this particular game, which did so much to elevate the sport as a whole. Also, uh, you know, as somebody who hates flying, what a pioneer in that regard, too. Oh, hey, yeah? the, the guy with the Madden bus. Are you, are you really someone who hates flying? I really do, man. I don't know what it is, but I get, uh, I don't know if it's claustrophobia or something, but I got to have at least at least two drinks before I hop on a flight Whew. these days, which is, uh, it's tough, but uh, that's just the, a, the cross a, we bear. Had an awkward moment where I found out, uh, as we went, to, I, I went to New Orleans, I, did, I had a bachelor party here, and I, I wanted to do another bachelor party, but... These things happen. Uh, my wife's uncle passed away, and so it ends up being the two of my buddies were like, "Hey, well, we're going to take you down to New Orleans. You know, we're going to take you down to New Orleans. We're going to go drink for it." I'm like, "Sounds good to me. Like, let's do it." We're on. We're getting on the plane back from New Orleans when my childhood best friend says to me, "So, by the way, I don't think I've mentioned this to you, but I've, I've really developed quite the fear of flying." And I was like, "Oh, why didn't you mention that as we were flying down to New Orleans? It's sort of a weird thing for you to tell me now." He's like. Oh, I took a bunch of Xanax. We're, we were good then. I don't have any right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. It was a great time for you to mention that. We had a layover in Atlanta. 
And he literally said, I'm, I can't do it. I'm going to rent a car and drive back to Baltimore for your wedding. I said, this is a show. I just did my, uh, did my first ever bachelor party with my brother-in-law in New Orleans. And it's a great place to do a bachelor party. Yeah, obviously we fly great down. Place. Great place to do a bachelor party, but I really took it easy with the uh, the drinking on the last night because I was like, I can't deal with this anxiety. Like, you know, I, I gotta gotta have myself ready for this. But by the way, what you, what you allude to with the crew, it's part of the persona. It's part of what we associated with John Matt. It's part of what made him so large. That's a than, guy. You look at a guy like that, and you listen to a guy like that. That is a guy that drives around this country in a bus, right? Like, yeah. but it, it just added to this this larger than life persona. It yep. added this this man. This is a Another man thing, yeah. that's so obsessed with football. Football, that he just hops in a bus and rides around all year and just lives and breathes football throughout the course of foot. That's all he's thinking about. And it just it was one more layer to add to this persona that was so ubiquitous for us in our life. And none of them, n- no one of these things is more significant than the other. And it's why it's such a unique American Except life. Except maybe the turducken. Okay, and I'm not going to... By the way, when they... God, I, remember, I think it was on Thanksgiving Day. It was the first time they showed the the promo for All Madden that was just about the turducken scene. And I literally thought to myself, like, all I, if they just did a, if they did an entire documentary about John Madden and Turducken, just specifically that, I would watch that for five hours. If you go to Wegmans, they sell Turducken. I saw one. I still haven't had a Turducken in my ne- life. Neither have I, but I saw one. And I was tempted to get it, but I was like, eh, I'm, well, I'm going to eat may, part of this. Maybe we do it for tomorrow. Maybe we do it to honor John Madden. Maybe we get ourselves a nice Turducken. I don't, I don't. I don't really have time to prepare it, but I'll look into that, that. That that could be a thing. I would like to do that. I've never I've never enjoyed a turducken in my life. Um, John from Little Rock, Madden was like your coolest uncle that you loved hearing from all the time, an American treasure. It's I mean it's it's of that ilk. You 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 referenced that you guys you know yeah you accidentally killed John Madden on your podcast a couple weeks ago. Thanks a lot, by the way, uh, uh, Jake. Thanks for that. Um, and you made a comparison to Hugh Hefner, and it's that these are the types of Americans we're talking about, the Stan Lees of the world. Like he is. Of that ilk, a lot of people, uh, Dolly Parton, Betty White, that type of American is what we're talking about. This truly transcendent, larger-than-life, unique experience. It just so happened to be that John Madden surrounded football in the way that Stan Lee surrounded comic books. Stan Lee's unique American life surrounded comic books, but it was so much bigger than that, right? Like, you don't think of... I, I know. I guess yesterday was the anniversary. Was would have been Stanley's birthday, and so our buddy Eric Arditi sh- reshared the video of Mike Francesa. The best, the best video, <laughs> which on is the just the dumbest thing that's ever happened. I've said a million times, the greatest moment of my life was when I had Stanley on my show, and he ended it by saying, "Glenn, you're a hell of a good interviewer." And I cried. I cried thinking about Stanley saying that to me. Stanley, of course, was comic books, but we don't we associate him so much more significantly than that because of his American life. John Madden was football. And yet we don't merely look at John Madden in the context of football. We look at him as this um, way more over-the-top figure. From Ken, Ken says, Glenn, what I love most about John Madden is that he never took football too seriously, and yet he was still unbelievably reverent towards football. I don't think that anyone has ever walked that line the same way. No one cared more about the game, but yet when the game was going on, he was still willing to make fun of certain things. A lot of people have shared the video of Troy Aikman's beard or the Gatorade bucket or the pigeons, and it's a reminder that despite the fact that he cared so deeply about the game, he still understood that it was a game and it needed to be entertaining and it didn't need to be held as holier than thou. One of my mantras that I think I like to follow, and I, I don't know if I always accomplish this, but is take your work seriously, don't take yourself seriously. And I think it comes from people like that. And uh, John, you know, I didn't even think of that, but he is kind of the embodiment of uh, 
taking football seriously and you know the uh as you know as much as people like to say sports aren't important or x y he and cared z deeply about the game of football he like cared about it he cared about the youth levels of it he cared about inspiring people to get involved in it and he cared about the intrinsic value that it gave to people and uh he did it in an approachable way and uh that really uh i think that really helped to grow the profile of it in a way that we were talking about earlier in, it's incredible i will continue to talk about john madden during the course of today's show and if you have a thought that you want to share please tweet us at glenn clark radio um, just an unbelievable American life that John Madden has lived. Uh, quickly, I need to tell you that Window Nation, for another couple of days, this is your final chance to take advantage of this offer. 50% off all style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month, but that offer ends on Friday. That's it. So call them today, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. It is a Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Jake Luke is here from the Baltimore Beatdown podcast, and we're going to continue to remember the life of John Madden. Um, really special guest joining us right now, someone who frankly should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is Baltimore's own. He's the pride of Morgan State. He, of course, spent quite a few years in Baltimore, but he also spent a few years with the Raiders, where he was coached by one John Madden. Joining us now, it's a pleasure to welcome back to Baltimore the great Raymond Chester, who's with us on GCR. Raymond, it's Glenn and Paul and Jake in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. I'm sorry it's under these circumstances, but thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Thank you very much for, uh, for giving me the opportunity to speak on, uh, on such, a, such a great personality. Yeah, uh, Raymond, a, a great man. Yeah. You know, I, and that's what we wanted to do because you know we're young. We we we're we're all f- not even forty years old, all three of us, and we know John Madden, the TV personality. We know John Madden, the video game man, but none of us really had the opportunity to know John Madden, the coach, or John Madden, the man. Um, what can you tell us that we should know about both John Madden as a coach and him as a man? Well, you know, there's so much to be said about John Madden. There's so much that uh, probably your audience and people who have uh, been paying attention or become fans of uh, the National Football League know about him or think they know about him already. I mean, so much of his life is an open book. Um, certainly, you know, as a Super Bowl winning coach, certainly as a, uh, a Emmy-winning uh, commentator, and, and certainly... Um, uh, because of the the game that he helped create, that has permeated all of uh, all you know football fans all over the world, Madden football. Um, I you know I had a, you know I think the big thing about John Madden is um, is that he had the ability to touch people from all from all different walks of life, uh, men, women, uh, teenagers, older folks. Um, and it was the same way uh, that he impacted us as a football coach. Um, I like to think of John Madden. Uh, people say, was John Madden a great football? Was he a great strategist? No, wasn't a great strategist. <laughs> was he, was he uh, what, what made him so great? Why, why was he so successful in, in not just football, but the things that he did? And uh, when thinking about what I was going to say to the audience, uh, on the show this morning, I wrote down a few notes. And, and above everything else, I think John Madden was a great communicator. I mean, he was probably the most, one of the greatest communicators of our age. Um, and, and, and if you're a coach, the most important thing 
that you must be able to do is get your word, you know, get what you what you want done across to your players. You got to be able to make them understand what you are saying. You can you can be the greatest strategist in the world. You can you can know everything about everything as a coach, but if you can't make your players understand what you're saying, you can't communicate with them then what you know uh, shrinks to insignificance. Um, and it takes, it's, it's quite a job. If you've ever been on a team sport, especially a team like football, where you got 43, 45, 47 players, um, man, each one of those guys is a different personality. And in many instances, it's like, it's like trying to communicate with people from different countries. Hmm. You have to use a different language. You know, sometimes for every group of players, or if not every individual player, um, John <clears throat> John communicated. You know, with with, uh, with with humor. He communicated with 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 candor, and he communicated with emotion. And boy, I tell you, try to find someone that you know that has the ability to 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 communicate in all those three ways and get his point across to you know, 40, 50 guys, um, when he was speaking to them. He spoke a language uh, that we all understood. In one way or another, we understood it. Whether he was, you know, some guys he had to joke with, some guys he had, to, he had to be firm with, some guys he had to, you know, he had to relate to as though he was family or whatever. And, boy, I was one of those guys that, you know, that, you, you know, as a player, you, you couldn't, come yelling and screaming at me uh, and expect me to respond, you, you know, um, I thought of myself as, as a pretty strategic player, and you had to make me understand the point that you were trying to make, the importance that it was at a specific time with the team, and you had to then maybe point out what I was doing wrong or what I, you know, what I, you know, what you were trying to correct in me. The man, I mean, the greatest gift that John Madden had was his ability to communicate. And we all got a taste of that. The, the world got a taste right. of that when he got into the booth, you know, and, and won all those Emmys communicating. I mean, he brought, he made women understand and younger people and older people understand the game. He, I, you know, he may very well be, go down as, as one of the best communicators with respect to the game of football and sports in general uh, that ever lived. Um, you know what? You know people say was uh, was uh, you know was John the best coach? Was he the smartest coach? Was he you know what did he do? Was he smarter than, than Vince Lombardi or was you know Belichick or whatever? I think that every great coach um, finds a way and has a way to communicate with his players. Certainly, Lombardi demonstrated that in his own way. Certainly, uh, uh, Belichick demonstrates it in his own way. But I challenge you, even, you take Lombardi and you take Belichick and his great coaches like they were, I challenge you that John Madden was a far more communicator, a better communicator, with respect to all the people, all the audiences, all, you know, men, women, all the age groups and whatever that you have to communicate, you know, with, you know, to be successful in the three areas that he was most successful in. So, uh, was he a great man? Absolutely, he was a he was he was a great man. He accomplished great things, and boy, we have to look hard and, and far and wide to be uh, to uh, to uh, 
you know, to, to match him, to equal him. I'll give you, I'll give you a specific story. I was, um, you know, I started with the Raiders, Yep. you know, and, and had three great years with the Raiders, rookie of the year and made the Pro Bowl three straight years, got traded to, to Baltimore. Now, Baltimore is my hometown, as you all know. Of course, State, yep. You know, school. Um, I, um, I was, I was, I was heartbroken when I got traded to Baltimore because <laughs> I thought that I, you know, I, I developed a new family with the Raiders and thought that I was an integral part of their, you know, their team. And frankly, I thought they would never get rid of me. <laughs> um, went to Baltimore and, you know, and, and had, you know, struggled with the team there that was, you know, in, in disarray, you know, three or four different coaches and general managers, you know, First year in Baltimore, we were four. I was we were four and ten. Boy, I thought it was the worst time of my life. I didn't think <laughs> it could get any worse. And then the next year, we went two and twelve. <laughs> and so, there, uh, man. Uh, I so any you know I, I you know then we we kind of pulled it together. We got some stability, and we got a coach that that was able to uh, relate to us, Ted Montebroden, and and. That that third year, we you know we got on a winning streak, won nine games in a row, and 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 competed, you know, in our division for the division title. Um, couldn't quite get past Oakland at, at, or Pittsburgh for those. We're gonna next three years. we're gonna have to talk about seventy seven in a second. By the way, Ram, and I know you probably don't want to, but we'll have to talk about it in a second. It's... Well, you know what? I'm you know I agreed to talk, so we will. <laughs> um, but I, but I'm you know just trying to really uh, yeah, to, you know explain explain uh, what I think is so great about John, unique about John Madden, and his capability to just communicate. Was he the smartest coach ever played for? Probably not. What you know was was he the the you know was he humble? Was he you know charismatic? Was he what, what you know what he was a combination of all those things? And I will say he was the greatest communicator. Um, that I experienced as a coach, um, um, and, and it, that was demonstrated in, in the other areas of his life too. I'll tell you a story. So when I got when I got when I was at that place was in Baltimore, and then um, they were making changes in coaches and then GMs and all that. And I decided that, that I was my time in Baltimore was getting short, and Baltimore decided the same thing that they wanted that my time that they they no, no longer needed my services. So. The word got out that I was available for trade. So about a week before training camp started, I was in I was in California in my home, and really struggling as to whether or not I was going to return to Baltimore, even to go to training camp. I I knew things were not not good for me there, and really was looking for a way out. Um, I I, I got a call from John Madden. And boy, I, was, I you know I answered the call. I said, John, what, what's going on? You, why are you calling me? You, you know, I, I'm I'm going to be in training camp in about a week. Going, you know, you go to training camp in about a week. What's up? He says, Raymond. He says, uh, he says, uh, we got a, we got an opportunity to uh, to trade for you. He says, he says Al Davis wants you back. And and I'm like, whoa, are you kidding me? So he said, "No, no, we got a chance. We got a chance right now to, to make a trade for you." He said, "But I, I decided that before we traded for you, I wanted to talk to you." 
so here's what we're having this conversation. He says, uh, he said, I'm going to be just absolutely upfront with you, Raymond. He says, uh, you know, we got this young kid playing tight end, and uh, he's doing a pretty good job, and we like him. The tight end, his name is David Casper. He's okay. Okay, Dave Casper. He says, uh, and we know how you can play. You know, obviously we want you. Al wants you. You know, everybody in the organization, all the coaches want you. He said, but I had to make sure that you and I, uh, you know, understood the situation. And he said, so he says, uh, we like this guy playing at tight end, and we don't want to, you know, a disturbance with a dis- to disrupt our team. So I said to him, I said, Coach, I understand what you're saying. I said, I promise you, I will not create a problem. I said, I, I, will, I will compete like hell because you know I will. I said, but if I have to, and if, it, if it's the difference between me coming back there and staying here, if I have to, I will make all pro on special teams. I'll play special teams. And he said, that's what I wanted to hear. And he said, okay, stand by. And, you know, an hour or so later, the trade was done. But think about how do you, as a coach or as a, as a parent or as a, as, a, as a manager, how do you call a guy that you know is a fierce competitor, that you know has had success, you know, in, in, you know on your team and, and at, you know, at Taste the Limelight? How do you call that guy and say, hey, I need you to understand that you're not going to, we didn't, we're not going to bring you right here, and you're not going to start right away hmm. because we got a guy we're satisfied with. Hmm. How do you get that kind of guy with that kind of competitive nature? How do you get him to agree to to come back and play second or third, you know, string on, on your team, and and everybody's happy about it? How, how, how do you do that? Is it because of John Madden specifically? Is that the reason? Because of the way it was communicated yeah. to me, the certain situation that yeah. I was in. But I'm, what I'm what I'm asking is, how does a coach, yeah. how does a, a, a man say that to another man? Two proud men. How do you say that and get a guy to agree to agree with it and get a guy to trust you and believe it's, you that you would be able to? And you know, the other thing I said, I said, look, John, you know me. I said that I'll, I'll promise you this: I'll come back and I'm going to compete like heck. And like I said, I, you know, if I have to, I'll make. All pro on special teams. I said that, but and as long as David Casper is starting, and and it he doesn't embarrass me for having to play behind him, mm. I'm okay with it. Mm. I'm good with it. Mm. Those are my exact words to him. And David played, you know, at all pro caliber, and, and you know, and, and it turned out that so did I, to the point where. You know, we became the only two tight ends in, in, in the history of the National Football League to both make All-Pro, to both make the All-Star team on the same, from the same team right. in the same year. It's remarkable. So, 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 so John's ability to get me, you know, to understand with candor, you know, you know and probably with, with a little humor there, too, to understand what you know what he was asking me to do and get me to agree with it was, in my opinion, was it was genius. Hey, is Raymond Chester is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio? Jake, go ahead, man. Yeah, Raymond, I, 
I think you guys really should be proud of what you accomplished as players here in Baltimore uh, in 76, 77, and 78, uh, given all that was going on organizationally. And you mentioned Casper. You mentioned Madden. I know we here in Baltimore are going to want to hear about that goes to the post game. What are some of your favorite memories of that game going up against Madden, going up against Snake Stabler and some of those guys? Uh, was that a lot of fun or, or what? Well, you know how to hurt a guy, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you should be proud, man. That's what I'm saying. You guys should be proud of what you Yeah, yeah well, that, that well, wasn't the finest day in Baltimore Colts history. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think that I think that game did a lot of things. Um, uh, first of all, it hurt like hell to lose uh, lose that game because um, we had such a fine team and great athletes um, and had worked so hard to get where we were, you know, with the Colts. Um you know, it's a bunch of things I remember. I uh, I remember all that week in preparation um, to play the Colts. I remember just talking to the guys individually and collectively about just some of the great players that that we were going to have to play that you know that day, you know that Sunday, um, and specifically talking about Ken Saver and just his uncanny ability and his you know, and his accuracy as a passer. I mean. I mean, Stabler was probably the most accurate passer that I had ever been around. I mean, and and sure enough, that day he came there, and I think he he set a record of of uh, uh, completions. I think he completed sixteen or seventeen straight passes without a without uh, uh, mm-hmm. and, a, uh, and, without missing a reception. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a great, great performance. I think one of the greatest performances um, in, in Baltimore Colts history for the Colts, but also uh, in later history and also in the history of the league. I mean, he played six quarters yep. football. Uh, the game was back and forth. Um, I think the game defined. Um, I, I I really think that game defined um, Dave Casper's career. I think that. That play and the significance of that play that, that they've named goes to the post and whatever was a uh, was was it was a I think that ensured you know his his entry into the Hall of Fame along with his stats you know he had to the stats and, and be the great player that he is um, but I think that game put a seal on it and 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 I, what I noticed is that with you know with many of the players that are, that are in the Hall of Fame. Um, they uh, they have specific plays that the fans and the media and everybody can relate back to and you know and and and, and uh, uh, relate that player to you know Franco Harris I mean the immaculate reception Dave Castor the holy roller that goes to the post uh, and and there's some of us that you know hmm. that haven't been tagged with a great play that everybody hmm. will remember throughout history um, but. I think you know had had careers worthy of Hall of Fame as well, and one of the players uh, that I, I I shake my head every time I think about what he meant to our team and what he and the performances that he put in doing for the for the uh, uh, for the Colts is Lionel Mitchell. Mm. I mean, Lionel Mitchell is the best all around football player that I probably ever have played with. Wow! And that's that's saying a damn lot. You know, coming from, you know, with guys like, you know, like Jack Tatum and Gene Upshaw, you know, and Kenny Stabler and, and, and all those guys that I played for, you know, those great Jim Otto and, 
and and Monica and Blanda, all those guys that are legends, you know, um, that I played for with the Raiders. But I've never played for a guy that meant so much to a team that 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 gave so much and performed so well. I mean, for for uh, you know, for five years, the five years that I was there, I mean, that guy probably averaged thirty touches a game, um, maybe twenty five, twenty eight. Uh, 25, 28 uh, runs and five to seven to eight, you know, uh, pass uh, receptions a game. Every, you know, every game for the you know whole time I was there. Um, never got hurt, never complained. Um, he just was, you know, had so had the, you know, I mean, I mean, he just was one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. And why a guy like that? Is not considered Hall of Fame material. I just don't know. We, we've but asked, anyhow, yeah, uh, we've asked I'll the same on. question about Raymond Chester too, man. We, you know, we, we've, we, it's a conversation needs to continue, and I agree. Uh, hey, diddle, diddle, I dell up the middle. Um, you know, you know what, what? What I, what I tell people all the time, and you know, I tell them this in jest, but it's, it's true. I tell them, I said, you know, um, is you know, tight, the tight end position has changed a little bit now. It's evolved into a, you are basically a receiver, and then and yep. then you're a blocker. Uh, in our day, you know, you were part of the offensive line, and I used to argue all the time that I was a part of the offense and I was a lineman. Um, but you know, but I tell people all the time. I say, you know, every all the tackles that I played with, you know, Shell, Art Shell, and Bob Brown, and and and. Uh, uh, George Coon should be should be considered a Hall of Fame too, but all of those guys all made All Pro. They always the tackles always made All Pro. Uh, you know uh, when I played played with them, I said, "What? Why? Why do you think they made All Pro? Because I was blocking for them." Doing the <laughs> <laughs> but um, I say that because um, there's too little emphasis emphasis put on. Uh, on on the blocking skill sure. of of uh, some of the great tight ends. I mean, my 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 hero obviously was John Mackey and 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 Mike Ditka, and they were my heroes because they were rugged, they were tough, they were they were they were the best blocking tight ends of their era. And that's if there's anything you're going to hear me say about myself boastlessly, you know, or anything like that. And this is due to Morgan State College and Coach Banks and what we did at Morgan, uh, there's nobody that blocked better than me at tight end. There's not one, and I would challenge anybody to, to look at the film and look at the, the job, the performance that I put, you know, put in as a, as a blocker. Um, you, know, you know, and I'll get off of me. But, <laughs> but, but uh, you, you, when you measure a guy like me uh, or at tight end, you would have to consider the role they played as a blocker. And, you know, I mean, all those guys, that, all the running backs that played with, you know, a thousand-yard rushers at one point or another, Marv Hubbard, you know, uh, and uh, certainly Lydell and whatever. So um, enough said about that. I, I, Going I, back to Coach I, we, we agree strongly, and there are plenty of people that echo those sentiments, Raymond Chester. I, I, I promise you that. I, we're going to have to yeah. take a, get to a break in a minute. Before we let you go, Raymond, I, based on everything you just said about John Madden, the communicator, I, I'm assuming you weren't maybe all that surprised by how successful he was after he got out of coaching, still at a very young age. Um, were you ever remotely surprised by the incredible success that he had in this sort of second act of his life? 
I was, I was, uh, I was incredibly surprised. Okay, I really was because, because um, you know, all the time he was coaching for us. I mean, you know, and and we got it. We understood what he wanted us to do individually and collectively. We understood what you know what he wanted us to do or what he needed us to do, and um, it, it does. Again, I'm going to say it doesn't matter if a coach has all the secrets and all the information in his head that you, that you need to win. It doesn't matter if you can't get it across to the individuals on his team as individuals and collectively as you know as as groups. You know, defense, offense, running backs, whatever. So. But I was surprised that, you know, that, number one, he was interested in being a commentator. And I was surprised at, at how well he adapted to television and, and the radio and the communications. I, I, I just never, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I would have thought that John Madden would have been, uh, you know, you know uh, a great coach and coached for years. And, and I'm not surprised that. You know, him making the Hall of Fame as a coach, but um, it was really was a shock to me that he, uh, I, John Madden could have been a stand up comedian. <laughs> and, and ask anybody <laughs> that knows him, they'll tell you. <laughs> he can, now, had he gone out, left football, and become a stand up comedian, or he had left football and become, become a, a writer for a TV network, you know, writing comedy or something like that, um, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I, but I don't think anybody can say that they had any inkling or expectation that John would become as phenomenally great as he as he became. Uh, it's, that's, I mean, unbelievable. What a life. What a life. Uh, Raymond Chester, man, I, I, I wish that it wasn't talking about um, John Madden passing away, but I am truly grateful that you took some time for us this morning, uh, getting up early to chat with us. Uh, continued safety, health to you, your family. Uh, Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for the opportunity and the best of uh, to, you know best wishes to you and your family also. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Raymond. Former Baltimore Colt and uh, Oakland Raider Raymond Chester, uh, Baltimore's own, obviously, Douglas High School, Morgan State. Um, I think we got three questions and we talked for 25 minutes, and I would listen to Raymond Chester talk about John Madden for another 25 minutes uh, if he wanted to because that was incredible. And that, it's really – I don't know if you thought about this at all, Jake, as you were listening to him talk. And I'm not trying to say that, that John Harbaugh could be John Madden, but like when he said, was he the greatest X's and O's guys? Was he the greatest? N- no, he was a great communicator. Um, what jumped out at me, one of the best communicators that ever lived was the quote in there that jumped out at me. And and for so many years, we've talked about John Harbaugh in Baltimore and like, He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, like, based on the standards of what coaches have done that have gotten in in recent years, there is no world in which Bill Cowher is more deserving than John Harbaugh. Like, John Harbaugh has reached Hall of Fame standard of modern coaches, and you can't define it by anything. You can't say this is what makes John Harbaugh such a great coach. But the the leadership, the way that he's able to get and we've talked about it throughout the course of this season, given everything the Ravens have been through, there was a little bit of that that I heard in there. And certainly not the the performer that John Madden is, is, would never be a stand-up comedian the way that um, Raymond Chester just described John Madden, but there was something about that that was interesting to me in listening to him talk about John Madden as not being the, the Vince Lombardi, not being the greatest X's and O's guys, but yet having some gift as a coach for communication and for getting 
people to buy in where I was like, that sounds a little bit like John Harbaugh to me. That's what coaching is to me. Hire people. Don't hire resumes, right? If you get caught into hiring resumes, that's how you wind up with Urban Meyer leaving Ohio State where he was just teaching leadership courses and then he gets to Jacksonville and it falls apart because you get enamored with the success that he has coaching college kids and X, Y, and Z. But yeah, to your point, I mean, I've defended Harbaugh relentlessly over the years, even when it got at its most darkest, I would say, in 2018, and it looked like it was all but a done deal that he was going to go. Even at the time, I was like, you know what? I get it. Maybe it's time, but you're losing out on a special guy here. And um, I think uh, you know, hanging on to him has only proved that in the years since, and I do think he is kind of cut from that same cloth where you're not talking about a guy who's going to come into the offensive meeting room and be Kyle Shanahan. Right. He's not going to go into the defensive meeting room and be Brandon Staley or whoever it might be. But he's just able to get guys to buy in over and over again, and that's how you wind up, for example, at 8-7 and seven with 30-plus people on IR COVID. So cut from the same cloth, I agree. We're gonna, um, we're gonna look. We're we're not gonna stop talking about John Madden. You know, it'll come up again as the show goes on. But I do want to get into more Ravens conversation. We got a little bit of time here before Demarco Farr is gonna join us, and I got to get to Would You Rather Wednesday as well. So that's all gonna come up. Uh, thank you to Raymond Chester for taking the time for us this morning. We thought that was appropriate to do today as we remember the life of the incredible John Madden. Today's show is also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Jake Luke from Baltimore Beatdown is here with us in studio. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. From all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start 
with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. If uh, you're still looking for a simple holiday meal, I keep telling you, you get, if I know most people are probably not doing the big gatherings for New Year's Eve, but if you're just having like family over, doing something small, don't don't put any more stress on yourself. Just let Chick Fil A handle it. From uh, nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. I uh, told you that my cousin a couple years ago was like, dude, I'm going to do chicken and waffles for New Year's Eve. And it was Chick-fil-A nuggets with mini Eggo waffles, and it was perfect. It was the perfect. I, 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 I still love him to this day for that idea. All right. Thank you again to Raymond Chester. Appreciate all your feedback. Um, and uh, we did very little. That was all Raymond Chester. We uh, we got out of his way, and uh, I could have listened to him for another. In hindsight, maybe I should have just made this two hours of Raymond Chester this morning because I could have done that for another couple of hours. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Jake Luke is here from Baltimore Beatdown. Jake, I, um, I'm writing about the Ravens today. We're going to get into Would You Rather Wednesday. The scenarios are up. We'll do that here in the 11 a.m. hour. But I'm writing a little bit today about the Ravens, and I allowed – some of the I wasn't going to write about the football game because it was not there was not a football game that was worth writing about on uh, Sunday. It's just the reality of the circumstances. But I allowed some of the reaction to the big picture for the Baltimore Ravens to be how I framed um, my column this week. And and I'll admit that somebody might say that I did what I don't like doing, which is I shared maybe some takes that weren't worthy of being shared in order to frame my column. But I don't. I whatever I I did what I did it's that's the way that I frame my column and I did it I know a lot of you reacted to uh, something that Tim Barbales from 105.7 tweeted yesterday and that got a ton of reaction um, he asked a question about Eric DaCosta and that got a lot of people and then I, re- I reacted to um, a tweet that Ken Weinman had sent out earlier in the week about uh, maybe it's best if the Ravens just don't make the playoffs at all and they both were, were like staggering to me for different reasons. And I, and I say this in the column, like both of these guys, the, the first thing that happens when you get a job in sports radio is you're, you, you are told being right and wrong is irrelevant. You need to have an audience. And, and, and I understand that. And I'm not, I, I'm not taking a shot at either one of these guys because that's their job. Their job is to try to get people's attention. And it's part of the reason why... Frankly, I decided a few years ago I wasn't going to stick around in sports radio, that I was going to do something a little bit different. is because I had no interest in continuing that thing, that I wasn't. And if that meant that I had a smaller audience, I'd live with that, right? Because I would hope to have a better audience, frankly, uh, was the way that I looked at it, of people that weren't willing to just play to the lowest common denominators. And I'm not, again, that's not a shot at those guys. People are going to hear that and say, you're taking a shot at them. I'm not. That's their job. That's what they got to do. I'm not. 
I'm not mad at that in any way. In the same way that I say, I'm not mad at Skip Bayless. I'm not mad at these people all get paid. They get compensated for doing what they do. It's like being an actor. You, it's your job, right? Like You're going to have to play Hitler sometimes. You're going to have to play terrible people. But you're, it's your job. You're an actor. That's what you're doing. So none of that bothers me. But it's remarkable to me looking at some of the big picture conversation that surrounds the Ravens when the answer is quite simple. We all know what's happened here. This was a championship caliber football team with a few issues because it's very difficult to build a perfect football roster. Name the team right now that is a perfect roster in the entire NFL. Name one. They do not exist. It was never okay that the Ravens trusted Alejandro Villanueva to be one of their starting tackles this season. That, from the moment it was announced, was one of the most head-scratching things that you could have ever possibly imagined this franchise doing. It is fair to criticize where it's fair to criticize. People are still obsessed with Ben Mason. It's a fifth-round draft pick. I, I get it in hindsight. In hindsight... They were running backs that were drafted after Ben Mason in this year's draft that if the Ravens had known they were going to lose all their running backs, might have been helpful pieces. Eli Mitchell was drafted after Ben Mason was, right? Now, the Ravens certainly did not know that they were going to lose all their running backs, but in the same way that Ben Mason's only chance of making the roster was if Pat Ricard couldn't play, you know, like, I get it. I get why we're being critical of it, but we got to be measured in the criticism of it. The Ravens built a championship-caliber roster that was decimated beyond any level of expectation by injury and now COVID. It sucks. It's a bummer. I wish it wasn't the case, but it's the reality. There's no bigger picture conversation. There's no, well, who do we blame for this? You blame dumb luck. And I get that that's boring, and it's not a very fun radio conversation, and I get that that doesn't get a lot of interaction on Twitter, but that's the reality of it. We don't need to try this hard in order to get an answer on what's happened to the Baltimore Ravens this season. They have been decimated beyond any reasonable expectation. And when that occurs, you're going to get this. You're going to get a four-game losing streak. Is there anything beyond that that you feel as though needs to be said? Is there anything beyond injuries and COVID that you feel as though needs to be said about the Baltimore Ravens at this point? It's I don't know, man. And like, I liked him a lot to your point there. And like, I think the way that he phrased it on Twitter, it sounded fairly rational. I don't know how he said it on the radio. Yeah, I, I don't, and I don't listen. I'm sorry. Yeah, neither do I. So like, that's kind of where it came up initially. But the way that he said it on Twitter was something to the effect of, "Do you blame COVID or do you blame the construction of the offensive line?" I think something to that effect. I'll pull up the tweet. So I'll, pu- I'll pull it up so it, that we don't. I had it right here. Right. Let's, I'll, let's, I'll pull it back. And I wrote about it today at PressBoxOnline.com. Yeah, so he says, the Ravens are 8-7 and seven in the 8th seed as it stands today. This was seen as a Super Bowl or bust type of year back in August. Question of the day, did Eric DaCosta do enough this offseason slash in-season for the Ravens, or do you just chalk it up to bad luck slash injury slash COVID? I don't think it's that crazy of a question, but you got to frame it specifically to the offensive line point that you made there. They didn't do enough on the offensive line. We were saying this weeks ago. I mean, I was saying this weeks ago at least, and I love DaCosta, and he's the right guy for the job, and we're not questioning that at all. It's fair to say that about the offensive line, but why? we don't even need to have the conversation at this point, I don't think, because they are decimated, to your point. I mean, this is unprecedented, unlike anything we've ever seen. It's worse than 2015, in my estimation, because this is actually a team that was going to be competitive, and you've got the COVID factor. So there's just kind of a lot to unpack with it. And it kind of, it does suck, to your point, to just sort of, and we're content guys, so you know maybe this isn't always the best strategy, but you do kind of got to throw your hands up and say, 
well, damn, you know, like, just, what you, you, got, you got unlucky. Like, what, the, what else? You, we're always wanting somebody to. Bl- it's the people. You were talking about this with your dad the other day, Paul. Like, mm-hmm. it's somebody's fault that all these guys are getting hurt. Like, we, we always want to do this crap yeah. because we always want to be mad at fire somebody. The, fire the athletic trainer. Right. Fire like, Harbaugh. Like, or what's the problem with the grass, right? <laughs> like, we are so stupid that we're unwilling to just. Hey, sometimes S like this just happens. And by the way, it's happened to other teams. We just don't pay attention to them. In the same way that we're making fun of everybody in Cincinnati for celebrating what they did against a C-level roster on Sunday, by the way, we've probably celebrated wins because we weren't paying the same attention to what was happening to other teams in other years. Or we said things like, well, you just got to line up and play the players that you play against. We don't pay attention to other teams getting decimated by injury because it doesn't impact us. But it happens sometimes. This obviously is when you throw COVID in, and it's an extreme. You know, like it's it's beyond anything that could have been expected. But teams, there are teams that just end up having dumb, dumb luck, bad, awful, un, un, inexplicable things occur during the course of the year. None of which have anything to do with the other. They're not because they have a bad training regimen. It's not because they have a bad program or bad facilities or bad whatever. It just happens because you're playing the sport of football. And do you remember the do you remember the the discourse at the start of last offseason? What was everyone complaining about? Wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. What did they do last offseason? They went all in on fixing wide receiver at the expense probably of offensive line. Who looked good this past Sunday? The young wide receivers. You know, sometimes you make an approach, you take a swing, and it doesn't work. And that doesn't mean you need to be fired or you're incompetent. It also it also doesn't mean that, you know... Well, you I, do, and by like, the way, I don't think anybody on the planet is suggesting that Eric DaCosta should be fired. No, like, I want to make that... Like, I don't think there's... Even in this bizarro world where we say insane things, I don't think anybody has gone that to be, insane. To be fair, I have seen it, but I'm probably a little more online than you at this okay. point, unfortunately. Right. I but, mean, like, um, you talk about the dark, dark, dark web. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, there are some people that say some really, really dumb stuff in that regard. But, you know, they, they went all in on fixing wide receiver. They did it, to my point, kind of at the expense of the offensive line. They probably could have even done more with the offensive line. They could have taken the Jenkins kid instead of OA. But it's like, at a certain point, Ronnie Stanley getting hurt is kind of a force majeure, and you were not expecting I haven't really been overwhelmed by Taven Jenkins either, bro. True, but you can make an argument that if he winds up here... I, I, I hear what you're saying, man. I was watching... Uh, when, what was the... They were, they were the, dude, the Packers mess. game, yeah, right? They're, they're and it was just bad after bad. Like they, the, the, uh, the veterans on that roster were screaming at him because it was he wasn't playing well and then he was getting penalties on top of it yeah yeah it was just bad it's fair but i think if you look at situation you could always make the argument that if he if he comes here probably a a place that's better known for maybe and you might be right about that it's it's a butterfly effect type of deal i don't know how to explain it but also if if you draft him stanley still gets hurt what's he gonna do play left tackle as a rookie and then have villanueva at right tackle where he struggled in week one i mean it's just like it, it just feels like the Orlando Brown thing really kind of tied their their hands behind their back as far as this offensive line went, and there just wasn't much you could do, unfortunately. You could hang on to him and not get anything for him and let him walk a year from now, but if you would have but if you did that with this team as it wound up, that probably would have been a catastrophic mistake. So, yeah, probably. You know, like in in hindsight, probably. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like again, I had to think through some of that and see like how much better could they just be if they only had Orlando Brown. I don't, uh, Probably not all that much. Yeah. You're probably right about still, that. Still don't have the backs to get it done in the running game. hundred percent. If you if you still lose your entire ability to run the football, yeah. like the incomplete ability to run the football altogether, you're probably right. It probably does not matter if you have Orlando Brown on this football team. It's not going to make much of a difference. 
Um, I, the other the other takes that are thrown out there. The one I didn't address. I wanted actually wanted to throw all three in the column, and I don't know if we'll get to it. We actually asked Doug Farrar to come on. Doug Farrar, who I like and is typically a, a pretty good at this. Doug Farrar wrote a piece this week in USA Today comparing the Ravens situation with Lamar Jackson to the Browns situation with Baker Mayfield. And I said this once already, and, and I, <clears throat> I'm going to try to add two layers to it. The absurdity in which we all, there were a group of people, and it, it was still a minority, but it's more than some people want to admit that it was, that were trying to pretend as though Tyler Huntley was just Lamar Jackson or could just be Lamar Jackson, I, I said then was as offensive as what Bill Polian said about Lamar Jackson when he was in the draft. Because at the time, we didn't know how good Lamar Jackson was. Now we know, and we're still saying offensive things about him. And with all due respect to Doug Farrar, who, again, I like, and I would happy to have on the show, and we could talk about it as adults and humans, because that's the way that I do things here. Um, it's, 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 not, it's not as offensive as comparing him to Tyler Huntley, but it's a similar level of offensiveness to pretend as though the situation that Baltimore is dealing with with Lamar Jackson has, is anything like what Cleveland is dealing with with Baker Mayfield. They have a real decision to make in Cleveland. Like, there's a real question about whether or not you should be paying Baker Mayfield that money. I've said a million times, until you've got your quarterback in place, I don't think you can actually do it. I don't think they can just let Baker Mayfield walk to draft another quarterback. I think they would have to be the team that that goes out and takes a chance on Deshaun Watson or something like that in order to actually pull this off. They would actually have to upgrade the position. Otherwise, I don't think an NFL team can allow even a competent quarterback to walk. I get the question, though. The question is, is Baker Mayfield any sort of a high-level quarterback? We don't know. Comparing that to Lamar Jackson, we're just saying anything for the sake of saying anything. Lamar Jackson is an extraordinarily high-level NFL quarterback. Extraordinarily high-level quarterback who's had four difficult weeks against the Blitz. We don't need to keep trying so hard. And we're guilty of some maybe falling back on, and I don't know, because Doug, I don't think ever was a guy that was questioning Lamar Jackson. That's what made it so weird to me when I saw this. I don't think this is him falling back on, well, I've, I've had doubts about Lamar Jackson the whole time. We got our answers. We have four weeks of struggles against the Blitz and otherwise a mountain of evidence that Lamar Jackson is a high-level quarterback. Including this year. Correct! Like Tyler Huntley's best. Tyler Huntley's game against Green Bay, very good. He played very well. Lamar Jackson has had multiple better games than that this year. It's this notion that he's had this serious drop-off, it's like we're pretending the Colts thing didn't happen. It's like we're just going back and saying, well, it doesn't fit our narrative, so we won't, we won't uh, acknowledge that it, it was ever a thing. It's insane the way that we do this. It's nuts because we get to this point where we're just sort of saying anything. And I get it. It's difficult for a team to go through a four-game losing streak. Man, it's not fun. It's not fun to come on here and have to talk about it for two hours every day. That's why I was glad we were doing the drinking show on Monday. I'm like, I don't want to talk. Who would ever want to talk about this football game? I don't. I have no interest in talking about it. God bless you, Jake. I know you're doing your video stuff, and and you pointed out the 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 performance of the wide receivers, and they did the, the young. We talked about it yesterday. The young wide receivers look good um, on on Sunday, and I I wish that there would be more opportunities for Rashad Bateman because God, I get so excited every time the ball is thrown Rashad Bateman's way. I get a little I get a little tingly when I talk about Rashad Bateman, man. I really look at that young man and see that there's a level of special there that's unlike anything we've ever seen from a drafted wide receiver in Ravens history. And I don't 
I don't know if it'll ever get to the that that level that we think it could, but my God, every time you see what he's capable of doing, you're like, bro, this guy, this guy is is different. He has a skill set that's unlike and it's Marquise Brown is a very productive, quality wide receiver in the National Football League, but this is different. He can do so many different things that no one else has brought to the table in the history of drafted wide receivers for the Baltimore Ravens. So God bless you for still, you know, busting your ass and doing that, but it ain't fun. It ain't fun talking about this right now, and so we just find ourselves just saying anything at all. Maybe it's best if the Ravens miss the playoffs. Is it? <laughs> It's best? I I, I love that. I love that argument. That's how you wind up being a Cleveland who is actively doing that or a a Dolphins who actively do that to get whatever quarterback. And I understand the argument there at a certain point to lose like the last couple of games. When when people got mad at me the year Joe Flacco got hurt. Uh, Remember, that happened in November. Was it 15? Yeah, 15. 15. Joe Flacco gets hurt. And remember, they started off the season 0-3 that year. They were already behind the eight ball when that that season began. By the time Joe Flacco got hurt, it was over. And I said then openly, I'm going to, to I'm going to prefer that they lose every game. And I got all this, well, that's loser talk. That's loser mentality. I'm like, I don't play for the team. I'm not telling them to stop trying. That's insane. I would never say that. I'm saying that the preferred it's like when we talk about the Orioles in recent years. The preferred result for me at a certain point becomes losing the games because there's nothing that doesn't benefit. Ryan Mallett winning a football game doesn't help this franchise in any way. It doesn't do anything for you. We still remember it, though, don't we? We and do we still remember because it was the Steelers. Because it was the Steelers, and uh, it's yes. you know, and I get it. But I'm also like, I'm one of those guys that. But they had to be out of it. Is my they, point? They, like, did, they, 100%. they had to be out of it for me to say that. Like, yeah. you, you can't. If they had been at the time when Joe Flacco had gotten hurt, if they had been ten and four, I would have said, "Yeah, let's go." Well, like, to your, to your rally point, up, Ryan Matt. <laughs> to, your, to your point, like the year before, they had gone on a, a slump in twenty fourteen. One hundred percent. They were approaching the playoffs, and people were saying, "Oh, I'd rather just lose out, and not even make the playoffs." They go and they win a game in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. They it's one of the more magical postseason memories. The AFC Championship game. They had two fourteen point. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I just I, I'm one of those guys that uh, always wants to see my team win, and maybe that'll be tested when uh, you know maybe a decade or two down the line they're close to some quarterback and they got to lose a couple games. I haven't had that medal tested yet, but I'm one of those guys that just believes in it. For the I, sake I'm, of it. I'm trying. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm trying to lean into this in a Would You Rather Wednesday scenario. I'm hoping I was. We'll get to it in a second. I tried, I, yeah, I, I saw. Yeah, I saw I'm it. trying to lean into it to create a scenario by which it's debatable. So so let me ask. If the Ravens lose the last two games, that means that they end up being eight and nine yes. on the year. There are so many teams that could be eight and nine. Really, what's the difference in draft pick? Are you talking it's the difference between that's seventeen of, and twenty? That's like, where I'm at with it. It's like it's a couple couple differences in picks in like the late teens or the twenties. So like, well, they, I don't. I mean, I, they got Rashad Bateman at twenty seven last year. Always look good. They got him at thirty two. I, I, I mean, you know, even if it, and I mean this, even if the difference in draft pick was number eight or number twenty. To have the conversation about a team that has a chance to get into the playoffs, this is abssurd. Right. <laughs> to compare, and I and I mean this with all due respect. Crazy that Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that I think there's any practical way to believe that the Ravens can win a Super Bowl this year. There is no practical way to believe that. But they just wave the white flag and say, "Eh, we'll give up. We won't even." It's insane. And I know that that's not really what Ken Wyman, Ken Wyman, again, much he doesn't play for the team either. And he's not suggesting that they should stop trying, although there are plenty of people that have said something stupid like, well, at this point, they shouldn't even let Lamar Jackson come back and play. What are we doing? 
What is that take? Don't let Lamar Jackson play. Wh- what? I'm sure Lamar Jackson's going to love that, too, if they Imagine were to come to that. him and say, like, hey, Lamar, man, we're just going to shut yeah, down. Yeah, right? He walks in. He's like, hey, you know, good news. I'm feeling great today. I feel like I got to check. Yeah, you know what, though? Screw it. It was yeah, this kid we're, we're looking just... at at a Northwestern that we're really <laughs> hoping right? to, you like, know. What just... the F is that take? It's a completely insane thing. I can't imagine talking about and again, I'm a guy that thinks there's value. I talk about this with the Orioles all the time. I think there's value in having a higher draft pick. I think there's one. It, once you're done, once you know the real goals are gone, then I'm rooting for a higher draft pick. But there are real goals. This team can still win a Super Bowl. And we get so caught up in this. We get caught up in the because we don't believe they will, they can't. It's the same thing that happened in the aftermath. I keep referring because of the thing that happened on Sunday. Same thing that happened uh, when John Harbaugh ran his mouth about uh, the Broncos a few weeks ago. I, Vic Fangio was entirely out of line with what he said. It was way out of line. It was absurd. But John Harbaugh was wrong, too. Com- suggesting that the Broncos should have just given up because it was extraordinarily unlikely that they were going to come back was bull-ass. It was bull-ass from every single person that said it. My buddy Josh Charles is still mad at me because we were fighting about it for a week. Uh, and I love Josh. He's one of my favorite human beings on the face of the planet. What an God, actor. He's a, well, he's a damn good actor, no question. But he's also a hell of a human being and a, and a good friend, and I, I love him dearly. But we were going back and forth for an entire week about this. I know what you're saying. What you're saying is there's no world in which the Broncos are going to throw a, hail, a touchdown pass, get a two-point conversion, convert a Hail Mary, or uh, convert an onside kick, then convert a Hail Mary, and then get another two-point conversion all in 20 seconds. You're, it's not going to happen. We all know that. But they still have to try. Like, they don't just say, well, it's probably not going to happen, so we're just going to give up. That's that's the weird disconnect where I think, like, people think organizations will actively do this. Like, front offices will sometimes, but coaches and players never do. And that sucks for coaches and players that get thrown out there for tanking teams that are just set up to fail, I think. By the way, even in those scenarios, and I know what you're referring to, and the Dolphins have been an example of this in recent years. Even in those scenarios, it's not... The front office isn't going to say, this isn't the Cleveland uh, Indians in Major League. If the team starts winning, the front office is going to say, let's go win, even if it wasn't part of the plans. Even those front offices that say, look, we're, you know, let's be honest about what we're doing here. If a team starts winning, if they come out of the shoot 4-0, and they're not going to start sending them on commercial flights they're not going to start well, i think uh, and i think the dolphins did get a few what people would call meaningless wins they dropped a five i think in that draft and they still wind up getting to it so you know they did the right thing and they got their guy uh maybe i'm, yeah, still, well, I'm still not they totally. got the guy who they yeah, thought right, was the guy correct. at the time we're, we'll, we're still and i like there's things i like about too i just don't I, I don't know how committed. Well, the Browns with be. Baker Mayfield—that's another one. People people actively say that they did, you know, go out there and actively tank, and you know, they get Mayfield, and it looked like it was turned around for a minute there. And now, to your point, we got a question with him. So. I I am the the idea that this is a real thing that really exists, and I know that we're separating two different things. I'm separating the question of what the organization should do versus what fans are rooting for, and so a fan is able to root for something without believing that an organization should purposely try to do it, right? You can separate those two things. You're capable of that sort of, you know, a cognitive dissonance in that situation. I just still can't fathom rooting for, as a fan, 
the most likely scenario is if somehow, and I get it, it seems unlikely, but if somehow the Ravens win these two games, they're going to get into the playoffs. It's the most likely scenario because, like, the Dolphins have two very difficult games left on their schedule at the end of the season that are unlike the majority of the games they've played so far in this winning streak, right? They've gotten a lot of fortune during the seven-game win streak based on the quarterbacks they've faced, based on the teams they've been up against that won't be the same as they have to play two good teams um, to end the season, right? And they might win both of them. It's possible. Dolphins might really be that good, but I, we don't know. The most likely scenario is if the Ravens somehow figure out a way to win these two games, they're going to be in the playoffs. And I get it. Like, it's, it, you don't feel good about their chances of winning these two games. Lamar Jackson is not talking to the media again today. It does not, does not bode well for the idea that they think that Lamar Jackson's on track to play in Sunday's game. doesn't guarantee that he won't, but, you know, it's just not a good sign as we try to decipher things and figure out if he's going to play. Um, but if they do, if they win these two games, we're probably going to feel a little bit differently about the team in two weeks than we feel about them right now, correct? They'll feel fine, and I mean, that's really what it is, is people don't actually root for this, even if they say they do. It's just a self-defense mechanism in the event that they do go out and lose those games and say, oh, well, you know, I'm one of the better draft pick anyway. So, I, You know what? That's, that's a fair point. It's, I, I used to call this winning replacement. This, this happened all the time in the worst years of the Orioles. Orioles fans would just find something else. Because you're not winning on the field, it was, I want to win in a fight with another franchise. I want to win in a fight with a media member. I want to win in a fight with, because we, we're not, we don't get to enjoy winning, so how can we replace winning with something else? It's winning replacement theory is what I called it. Like it, Because we don't get to win, how do I get to feel like I'm winning? And there is some element of that. And it's, by the way, That's Washington fans rooting against the Ravens, for example, which I've, I have a lot of Washington fan friends that do that but actively. I, I mean, I do this like, with Duke. I'm not going to pretend yeah, like this no, isn't. I do it with, yeah. But I do even when the Ravens are winning. Like Even when my team is good, I still, as a fan, take joy out of... You do it with Duke, Patriots, a lot of yeah. people do it with the Cowboys. You I know, mean, they do it with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. It's what get me through watching the, the Major League Baseball playoffs. Is I'm going to get to watch the Red Sox lose. In the NCAA tournament, I'm going to get to watch Duke lose at some point. Except last year, it was actually, I was deprived. I was mad that they missed the you, NCAA yeah, it gives tournament. You, it gives you skin in the game. 100%. It gives you something to root for, which is what we appreciate. But it's a, the secondary level to that. Like, it, you can say, if you get to that point, that you can say, hey, well, you know, at least they get a higher draft pick, something along those lines. But if they win these next two games, they're, gonna, they're going to have a chance. If they beat the Rams and the Steelers in the last two weeks, we're going to say to ourselves, well, you know what? Maybe the Ravens weren't as dead as we thought they and were. You know, even if they don't make it and they do win those two games, I don't know how likely one or the other is, but like 10-7 and seven with what happened, even no, just it's, losing it's Edwards and Peters yeah, insane, on one right? day, like it's yeah, nuts, it's right? Nuts. Like, it's glad you brought that up because I'm going to lean into that here in a second in Would You Rather Wednesday. We're going to talk about that scenario. Sports fans, the wait is over. The FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. It's such a cool place to hang out, watch games, and have a little you know, skin in the game, as uh, Jake just referenced. You can bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. And I'm telling you, Stan the Fan Charles figured out how to work the, the self-service kiosks. If he can, you can. <laughs> and he's not offended by that. He knows. This man's about to be 70 years old. Like, he's aware. And, and if you can't, for whatever reason, they also have real human beings available for you to talk to. Like, if you don't know, hey, I, I, wanna, I don't really understand gambling, they'll help you out in that process as well. So it's a great place to hang out watch the games. Let's play Would You Rather Wednesday when we come back in. Let's do that next. Jake Luke is here from the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. Later on this hour, we're going to preview the Rams coming up on Sunday. And my column is available right now at, Glenn, at PressBoxOnline.com for you to check out uh, about the Ravens and where we find ourselves. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com I love driving my tractor trailer, and just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure. I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, Jake Luke is with us in the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. How often for the podcast? How frequently? Uh, usually twice a week, sometimes three if we mix a guest in. But uh, yeah, just about two. And and when during the course of the week? Uh, kind of depends on the during the season. It's pretty much Monday, Friday, okay, um, exclusively. And then uh, during the so sort of like we, a recap, preview type of deal? yeah, pretty much exactly. Yeah. And then during the off season, we mix it up a little bit more. Actually, uh, I released a documentary podcast uh, about the Baltimore Colts, yeah, which I, you can check out. Yep. Um, so that was, uh, that, that that was a about, cool project. Yeah, yeah. And that ran for about six weeks in uh, June and July last year. So we were only doing once a week at that point. That gave us kind of a nice rest during the uh, doldrums of the NFL calendar, really the only time of the year that it is like that. So 
that was nice. But yeah, man, twice a week, most of the time. You can find it, like I said, wherever you're, wherever you're getting your podcasts and uh, check us out. All right. Let's, uh, let's play a little Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday. Um, didn't do it last week because we just had a lot going on technology-wise, but good to have it back this week. And I've got one more. I think... Yeah, every time I say this, Glory Days ends up sending over about a billion more uh, gift cards. So you know, maybe we'll end up with more. But this is my last one of this bunch. This is the last one. Down. I mean, <laughs> for God's sakes, <laughs> this is the last one that I have for this bunch of Glory Days Grill uh, gift cards. Glory Days Grill, of course, has that seasonal menu with all of the comfort food classics that you crave, like the short ribbed grilled cheese sandwich. Ooh, just those words. Plus, they've got the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, char-grilled pork tenderloin, the house-made meatloaf and the grilled meatloaf sandwich, the smoky thigh wings with the Alabama barbecue sauce. If you're lamenting the chicken wing shortage in the country, I promise you, it's an upgrade. The smoky thigh wings at Glory Days Grill are that good, and that Alabama barbecue sauce is a 10. Andrew Skalski will tell you because he came over and hung out with us for our coat drive, and he's like, bro, I've been listening to you talk about these. They're even better than you describe them as. I'm like, I know. They're that good good the brussels and bacon appetizer all available at your neighborhood glory days grill i know we're getting back to a place where like people don't necessarily want to go sit inside anymore i understand that put your order in pick it up take it home with you glorydaysgrill.com all right uh here are your scenarios for would you rather wednesday number one this is what i alluded to as i'm kind of leaning into and trying to get you guys to you know maybe go one way or the other Number one, the Ravens get Lamar Jackson back this week. He looks great. They win both games, but they miss the playoffs. Or they somehow manage to scratch out a win over the Rams this week. Goofy scenario. Just somehow get in, get a win. They lose to the Steelers next week, and they end up making the playoffs anyway based on results that happen otherwise. A lot of you have already tried to do the bit where you're like, well, what's the scenario with them? I'm not giving you anything else. That's the extent of what you're getting in this setup. That's all I'm giving you. But be reasonable about it, right? Like, I'm giving you Lamar Jackson for two games in one scenario. That probably means you don't get to see Lamar Jackson look good in the other scenario. You can infer that based on the setup that I've given you for Would You Rather Wednesday. You You are very smart people, or at least some of you are very smart people. Julio, not you. You know who you are. Number two, would you rather? Reincarnation is real. But it's a weird bit where you actually go back and relive someone else's life. So you go back and relive the life of John Madden, or you go back and relive the life of John Glenn. That's scenario two. And would you rather scenario number trace for today? Again, these scenarios are up. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio for you to play along the home version of Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather number three, I can guarantee that you will win all of your fantasy football titles this weekend. Or if you didn't make it, as I did not make it to any of mine, I can rewrite history to get you into your fantasy football championships and then guarantee victory in all of your fantasy football championship matchups this weekend. If... Are you guys familiar with the Duke's Mayo Bowl that's happening today? Do you guys know about this? It's down in Charlotte. If you allow me, Duke's Mayo Bowl style, to surprise you once a week for the rest of the year, and when you don't expect it, dump an entire Gatorade's bucket worth of mayonnaise on you. Once a week for the rest of the year. Or, very simple, no. (laughs) No. 
I'll either take my chances in my fantasy football championships without your guarantee, or I'll live with not having made it. So this is any time. I could be... I want to make this very clear because it's come up. It would only be you. Like, it wouldn't impact, you know, like, uh, it it wouldn't... For example, I couldn't come up to you and then ruin all the technology here. But, like... There couldn't be a... Going back to the butterfly effect, I could not uh, dump it if you were, like, with Mrs. Valley. I could not dump it on both of you. So I could be in the middle of working a dinner shift at the restaurant. You could just come up and dump mayonnaise on me and... Yeah, but let's be within reason. I would also provide you new clothes. Like, like I, it, it wouldn't create a... You're not going to lose your job because of it. Okay. All right? Like, it's just going to be a terrible inconvenience. It's not going to cause... Again, going back to the butterfly effect, it's not going to cause real life damage. Okay. Like, you're not going to end up unemployed or penniless because of the mayonnaise situation. You're just going to hate it. All right? That's this. Th- those are the three scenarios. Let's begin. <laughs> Number one, would you rather the Ravens get Lamar Jackson back? He looks great, and they win both games, but miss the playoffs. Or they somehow manage to scratch out a win over the Rams this week, lose to the Steelers, make the playoffs anyway. Jake, uh, you know I'm gonna, I always let Paul start. I'll let Paul start. All right. So for the first one, if the Ravens were eight and nine, and they were like. You're on the outside looking in, but then they found that the Dolphins videotaped every practice of every team that they played all year, so they were out and the Ravens got in. I wouldn't care. The goal is get into the playoffs. So for me, it's they win one of the next two, they lose to the they beat the Rams, they lose to the Steelers, but they make the playoffs. All right, Jake. Yeah, whatever whatever it takes to get them into the playoffs. I'm I'm taking that route, and I'm gonna believe in Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, and uh, because I believe in Lamar Jackson, so that that's my so, vote of confidence in him. So this is the only because based on the conversation we just had, I I do think that this is the correct answer, but I do think this is a unique circumstance because you could you could sell me on the idea that the most important thing now for the Baltimore Ravens is that we see Lamar Jackson look better against the Blitz than what we saw for those four weeks. That that's the most important thing that could happen before whenever this season ends. And that moving forward, it would calm all of our nerves. There would be no panic when the Ravens give Lamar Jackson a, a b- b- billion dollars this offseason. That whatever this blip was on the radar for these four weeks, it's completely erased because he's back, he looks great, he's he's brilliant. They literally beat the Rams and the Steelers. It just so happens to be that they didn't make You can make that argument to me that it's the most important thing. And yet I still have to side with you guys. And I'd still, by the way, overwhelmingly, and this is what I go back to, I think we have a bit of a smarter audience. Overwhelmingly, that's what people are saying, is that no matter what. Now, that being said, John Proctor, ha, I love the fact that it's John Proctor. John Proctor says, get Lamar looking like himself again and don't lose that game to the Steelers. There are, John, I do happen to know over the years, anytime a scenario related to Would You Rather Wednesday involves losing to the Steelers, he always will never take that scenario. No matter what the other, it's, he just, that's how much he cares. I happen to know that about John. He is that concerned about losing to the Steelers. And so is Jeff. Jeff says, Glenn, it's the Steelers thing that stands out the most to me. If you're telling me that we can end Ben Roethlisberger's career and that we can have that moment to savor it, that's going to mean more to me than what's going to happen in the playoffs. We all know they're not winning the Super Bowl. Again, That's, that's a great point, though. What? That, that you're going to be able to savor that moment, sending Ben Roethlisberger but I don't even know if they're still going to be. Baltimore. But I don't know if they're still going to be alive for the playoffs by the time that game comes. I just don't know. Like, right. like I have no idea if the Steelers – who did the Steelers play this week? Uh, Browns. I mean, like if Monday they night. if they lose, oh, is that Monday? Night? I think so. Yeah, because it's the fi- his final home game. Yeah, if they lose that game, 
they're done. They're done, right. right? Like, so you're not really ending Ben Roethlisberger. It's it's also possible, by the way. There is a scenario where if they're eliminated, they don't even play Ben Roethlisberger in the final game, right? I like, can't imagine they but would let his final game be a home game. Yeah, that's a good. Point. You know what I mean? Like, if they're eliminated, and I'm not Ben Roethlisberger is the type of human that if he he probably would say, "No, nah, I don't want that. I want to play another game because you know that's the he's that guy, right?" But like. It would almost be fitting to me if that was the case. If if the case, if you knew it wasn't, it didn't mean anything. It was a meaningless game. Then let the people that were at that final game in Pittsburgh say that they were at Ben Roethlisberger's final game, uh, right? It, like it, it is my opinion that there's no way they're losing that game. Yeah, I mean it's a lot to, and it's the Browns. Yeah. It's the Browns too. You're probably right about that. Um, but I get, I get what your point is. I just, I we're being too dismissive of the we know what's going to happen if this Ravens team gets into the playoffs. I get it. Yes, we think we know what happens if this Ravens team gets into the playoffs, but we don't know know that. We don't. If you have Lamar back, anything could happen. Well, but again, I'm not giving you that in this. Yeah. I'm not telling you that you're going to have Lamar back in yeah. that scenario, which is part of what I think makes it a complicated would you rather Wednesday scenario. Uh, number two, would you rather? After your own life is over, we find out reincarnation is real. Reincarnation. Re- what is reincarnation? I just made a thing. Reincarnation is real. You get to go back and live John Madden's life from start to finish or go back and live John Glenn's life from start to finish. Paul? All right. So in one Although, sen- this one is more split. Got a more split response to this. In one scenario, I live to be about 94 years old. I'm a world-famous space explorer and astronaut. Um, in the other scenario, I have millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. I am wildly successful in three different avenues of my yeah, John, career. John Glenn also had a political career. He did other things, too. Yeah, I have no interest in politics. I'm going John Madden. Okay. I get the it, it, this oh. is just to you about how much you love sports or lo- love football in comparison I, to... I, I mean, that dude... After, just cushy, man. That's a cushy life that that man lived, I think. I mean, it was a very good life. There's no, yeah. there's no debate All about the that. All the turducken I could ever life. want. It's true. You do get a lot of turducken if you you're know, John Madden. I, I mean, I've never had a turducken. I was once. thinking he had of, one at least I, once a year. I and, and trying to, cr- cr- I was trying to carve out a John Madden related "Would You Rather" Wednesday scenario, and I was working on one where the first scenario was to honor John Madden. EA does a contest next year where somebody gets to ride around in the Madden Cruiser and go from game to game to game to game to game, just riding around. And I was like, so what would I put on the other side? And I realized that no matter what I put on the other side, I was going to choose that. Mm-hmm. Like I was always going to choose just hopping on a, a Greyhound bus and riding all over the country going to football games. Like there was just nothing that I could come up with that would be equal to that that was any way related to John Madden that I could compare. Like that just sounds like the greatest way to spend – like for one year just to go do that, like that be your life. Man, you kidding me? That sounds amazing. God, that sounds incredible. Being John Madden just seems like the greatest thing you could possibly do. Jake, it's awesome. Until uh, Paul so kindly rattled off the CV there for me, I did not know who John Glenn was. So I'm gonna go. Whoa, John whoa, whoa! Confession time. Whoa! So I'm going John Madden. <laughs> just to just to answer that one. Whoa! Okay, so I gotta I gotta compose myself where, for a where, second here. Where does here. this rank? This of, is, of, of I Mike make Tyson it, and Hair of the Dog. This is way worse. Temple of the Dog. My I, God, I, I, I know that was oh, the, that was the right. joke. Well, you said the first one right. Yeah. You said Mike Tyson. <laughs> well, the first one I yeah. couldn't guess his I name. Know. Oh no, this is worse than you not knowing the, knowing the counties in the state of Maryland. I promise you, this is far worse than that. Are you 
dead ass right now. Maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. I don't know. An age? John Glenn is one of the most important Americans that's ever lived. Maybe I'm just not a great American. What do you think about oh, that? Oh, it's a problem, Jake. This is a real... I thought I liked you. I thought we were cool. What the F? He's, he's no Hulk Hogan. Holy crap. I, Jake, I need, how old are you? 26. You understand this is this like if you're what you're doing is I'm sure I've like heard his name. I don't know who he is though. I'm wondering when when Jake is 37, 38 years old, what the reaction would be to a 26. Like who would the person be that's 26 that that he would be flabbergasted? They don't know who he is. Maybe it's John John Madden. John McCain comes to mind. John is that like a comparison? No, because John Glenn's not re- like he was a, a senator. Like he served in the Senate, but that's John Glenn is the most. He's one of the greatest badasses in American history. He he did something no human being had done. He said, "Yeah, I'll go be that guy. I'll go explore space for us when no one had done it." John Glenn is a a badass of badasses. Like you could line every badass up on the face of the planet. Ain't none of them John Glenn. None of them. Or John Glenn. That dude had to get six flights or sit seat on a flight because he needed five of them for his balls. Like <laughs> John Glenn is one of the five greatest Americans that's ever lived. Like that level of significance. Yeah, can I for change John my Glenn. answer? If that's how people talk about John Glenn, dude, I don't, I don't know what just happened here. Like I have no idea what just happened. Jake, this happens to me all the oh, time. Oh, by the way, he was show, a, so. he was a war hero first. He was first a war hero, then then he introduced us to space. Well, this is me. This is me thanking him for his service and for being oh, a great pioneer of God, going to space. Jake. I appreciate all that. I just you know off the top of my head, I'm gonna go John Madden. So, so is your answer John Glenn then? It's close, by the way. It is close. I, and I, I thought about it for a while because because you're right about the cushy aspects of like John Madden's life. Like, man, you know. Well, that's me. Too. Never forgot. Like, I, I, I we talked about my fear of flying. I don't want to go into freaking space. Like, see, that's, I just want to get on a bus. And I like, thought about that too because I have a, an extreme fear of heights. Yeah. But I think if you're living as John Glenn, you don't remember that you don't like to fly, and you, like you're okay. John. Yes, Glenn. you're not. Okay. You're not Jake Luke as John Glenn. You're just John Glenn. Being there is John no Malkovich. fear of flying. Correct. hundred percent. But they, you have, they actually weren't John Malkovich in that one. I don't think wasn't he? Yeah. All right. You're going way too deep on this. You're going. You're <laughs> trying too hard to get out of the fact that you don't know who John Glenn is. Read a book. God, can you recommend any good John Glenn books for me to check no, out? No, shut up. Glenn's never read a John Glenn uh, book. You don't, don't need don't. to read a John Glenn book. You need to read any book. You need to have a basic understanding of American. What the hell? Where did you go to school? Salisbury University. I got to address. Loud, loud and proud. Seagulls. The reigning uh, NCAA Division Three baseball champions, that's the, by the way. That's where the wife went. There you go. Oh, Salisbury. Oh, yeah, she's having a tough day. I don't want to do this. I wanted to have you text her and ask if she knew who Glenn, John Glenn was. She knows who John Glenn is. I mean, she is. better know who John Glenn is. I'm going to text her anyway. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to... Given, the, she, given what you've told us about I, her day... I, I, will, not, I will give her... It'll give her some levity. All right. All right. Jesus Christ. <sighs> I don't. I hate this for you. I. I, you I this is. I hate. I don't. This is the problem. You're not embarrassed enough by this. You don't know how embarrassed you should be by this. That's the real problem here. You have no idea. And by the way, in that moment, it's got to be blissful that you don't know how embarrassed that you should be by this. You're sort of like, eh, who cares? You should be really embarrassed about this. This should. Maybe be, I am, and I'm just not showing. It. Yeah, it's an incredible poker face. If that's the case, <laughs> this should be a rock bottom moment in your life. A, a this I I don't have a good comparison. 
Yes, yes, Steve. I, I'm so. I'm not. I like Jake. No, no, I like Jake. Stop, stop. I like Jake. Jake's a good guy. He's young. He's not a learned man. He knows a lot about football. He's got that going well, for him. He knows a lot about football. Aye, aye, aye. Um, all right, I got to compose myself for a second. I don't know what just happened there, but it was a moment. I was, still, I, was, I was legitimately debating whether or not to say that I didn't know who it was. Oh, that's a bad. I was just gonna, yeah, I was just gonna be like, in oh, yeah, it's it's best to just to in, just in hindsight. Let in hindsight, I probably wouldn't have, but like I do a, for the per, for the theater for the sake of the segment. I think it worked yeah, out I really think well. It I gotta out give, out myself, well. give myself a pat on the back. Uh, Nick Kelly, I love Madden, but I'm going with John Glenn to be able to orbit the Earth and fly on the space shuttle at 77. I forgot he went back to space at 77. I was in I middle totally school. I believe. Forgot about that. They put John Glenn back into not the crap space thing that Jeff Bezos is no, doing, like, like the thing where you pretend space. like you're in space, like Michael Strahan. Yeah, did. they went to like the atmosphere. Actual effing space again at 77 years old because he's the greatest badass that ever lived. <laughs> Who's the you're, guy from Red Bull that went to the atmosphere and then like jumped? Oh, that Felix, was cool. Felix that was cool as hell. That was cool as hell. Didn't John Glenn punch a dude in the face for saying that the moon landing uh, was not Not John Glenn. That was... Or was that Neil it was, Armstrong? No, it, wasn't, it was the second guy. Who was the second guy? Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. Thank you. That's Buzz Aldrin. Was. That's I know some things. He's a that, badass. How do you not know John Glenn? I can't believe you... I, what just... Ah! <laughs> I feel like Howard Dean right now. It's so yeah! nice to not we're, have this direction. We're going to go to New Hampshire and Iowa. I actually said... One of the early funny story about my podcast. One of the early bits was that I was going to bring the Dean screen back. Oh my god! Yeah. It was one of the greatest moments. Yeah. It didn't uh, didn't didn't hold up, but I, I tried. Uh, Mary Kay, give me John Glenn. Not even a debate. Uh, Brian Reynolds, give me Madden, the video game named after you. Your own tour bus drawing on TV, making up sounds like boom, describing your turducken, and what's put over the top is you have this uncomfortable level love affair of everything Brett Favre. Well, I don't understand why that would make it better. I don't really understand that. Somebody that, once described Brett Favre as apple pie. It's just he's just American. Uh, yeah, but there's there's some stuff. There's some yeah, other stuff. Like, but, but I but we, who amongst us isn't guilty of that? We're just not Brett Favre. Well, you're talking about one part of it. Like there's, there's other there's, a, yeah, there's, there's more. A, there's a few. There's things. more. There. I think I think Brett's yeah. a good dude ultimately, but there, there's, uh, there's some stuff. I I still appreciate having watched Brett Favre play football. Yes. I, I, the rest of it is kind of dissipated for me, unfortunately. But I still appreciated watching Brett Favre play football. I still, for what it's worth, I'm still going to enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers play football, despite the fact that he is a nut job, like yeah. just a wackadoo with a fake Southern accent. A wackadoo. I Where did it. that come from? Right. That's, That's a weird bit. Uh, Bob John Glenn, but tough call. Uh, it, it get, boy, this must be somebody of your ilk, Seabass Madden 100. Who in the hell in their right mind wants to be a senator? Imagine, imagine taking <laughs> John Glenn's life and saying he was a senator. By the way, speaking of senators, all time tough break for Harry Reid to pass away. Oh my god, so. man! I actually met Harry. This is a true story. This is a funny. I I was dating a girl who covered politics for, um, Slate, and like I. I was like a party favor with her friends because I was like this dope that knew nothing. Like I truly knew nothing. I was just I knew about sports is what I knew about. So we're at a party in DC one night and she's like, Oh hey, hang hang on a second. Harry Reed's here, I need to go say hello. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I, I didn't know who Harry Reed was. And then was she at starts the time. screaming at you, how now, do you not know yeah, who this Harry was before, is? This was before he had become majority leader. This was before he was um, the clown question thing. Like this is before all that stuff. Like and I once she told me I did know who Harry Reid was, but like in the moment I'm just like it. I thought like her friend Harry, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, your your friend. Do you want to introduce me? Like 
I was I and I and they all like all the people at the table that like were all her friends. Like they laughed at me and that like adorable. You're like a puppy dog. You're you're just Pat a, me on the head. Right. Like good. That was what I was there to be for them. All right, quickly number three for Would You Rather Wins. And now that I know about that with you, that might be that might be your uh, place in life too. It might be very well that you're the guy that um and by the way, it was a good life. I was I was fine with it in the moment. I did not know. It, it was wild. Wild to me when I tell that story. It's embarrassing. I guarantee you win all your fantasy football titles. If you don't make, uh, if you didn't make it, I can rewrite history so you're in the championships. If you allow me to surprise you and dump a Gatorade bucket's worth of mayonnaise all over you, Duke's Mayo Bowl style, once a week for the next year, or nah, I'll take my chances or live with the fact that I didn't make it. I thought I'd be okay with it, and I had to reread it because I didn't realize you said. I thought it was like a one-time thing. Yeah. No, once, so once, a, no, once a week. That's hard, man. You could do it while I'm dead asleep in the middle of the night, and my cat cuddling too close to me in the middle of the night annoys me while I'm sleeping. I'm gonna have to say I'll take my chances. Right. You know the the what is it? You would win if you play in a fifty dollar league. You would win. If I I could have won money in three leagues, it's I would have pride, won Paul. like nine nine hundred bucks. I it, would, it, it is for pride, <laughs> but I have enough pride to know that I, I've won a, a few fantasy football championships in my day. I have enough pride to know that you don't win it every year. I, I don't want to get dumped, managed dumped on me. I would get so pissed. Oh my get, god, it would suck uh, so and, hard. And I just the, suck happening once. The inner rage that I can have, man, I would be so pissed. There's no way. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm get, starting to get worried about your inner nah, rage. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. It's like the Incredible Hulk. It's really hard. It's going to happen when you find out somebody doesn't know who John Glenn is. It's, <laughs> a, very, it's a very specific thing to get really mad when somebody <laughs> right. is dumping mayo on you. Right. It's like, everything else is fine. It's no, when no, I get a bucket what, of mayo dumped on Once or twice, if I'm the head coach in that football game that gets dumped on me, that's one thing. Now, if I'm if I'm you know watching TV and you come up behind me and Dump mayonnaise. Oh God, I want to do that now. <laughs> now I really want to oh, do the, that. The, the expletives. I don't know. The expletives have been created well, yet I, that I'm I would a, yell. I'm okay with that, Jake. <laughs> How quickly is it coming out of the container, though? Like that feels like they'll be hard to. You sneak know, it's up so funny someone. you say. Like, maybe we should watch video of, of former should. Duke's Mayo Bowl. If you have a Gatorade container filled with mayonnaise, I feel like one good shake and it's just plop. Yeah, right okay, out. that's fair. It, yeah, it's it's tough to uh, tough to visualize it, but yeah, I would probably. Not do it if it's once a week. I would take my chances, right, but let me, let me I see. do enjoy mayonnaise on my French fries. Shout out to uh, oh, Vincent oh Vega. God, shout what's out what's to, to Elton you? John yeah. in those uh, in those God, commercials. What is wrong with you? I, oh. I heard about it from from uh, John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. I've uh, I've done it, you know, I had sparingly the only, the ever since. The only really answer good. I have a problem with is because I respect Nick Kelly, and I hate hearing this. Uh, I I uh no damn I pulled up the wrong one. Nick Kelly said I oh damn it ah I it's on me it's not on Nick. Nick's a good human. Oh I love Duke's mayo. Dump it on me <laughs> for the fantasy football titles. I I'm okay with you like you know saying hey man I think mayonnaise gets a bad rap or something like that. Openly admitting that you love mayonnaise. Nick's, Nick's been waiting with this one in the chamber. He's correct. For for, this is this is a moment. Yeah. When when Relish won its first race this year after starting zero and twenty seven uh, at Camden Yards, did you guys see the people dumping? Yeah, relish but that all I thought was a bit. I thought it, that it, it, it yeah. was. I, I'm almost certain it was because yeah. who just has that much yeah, relish? That's not on a thing. Hand, yeah, right. right? Did you see how gross it looked to be covered in oh, that yeah. relish? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's horrendous. and that's relish. That is not as thick and gooey as yeah. mayonnaise. No good. Ugh. No good. Not Ugh. okay. All 
All right. Uh, continue getting me your responses throughout the day. We'll pick somebody at random who wins this $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill for Would You Rather Wednesday. Stan the Fan off this week, but he'll be back on Monday night. He and Ross Grimsley talking baseball every Monday in 2022 at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports uh, and then ne- the next day at PressBoxOnline.com slash video. We come back in. We're going to preview the Rams, uh, Ravens-Rams, coming up on Sunday. DeMarco Farr, Super Bowl champ, is going to join us. That's next. Jake Luke is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.com. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash Sports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. It, it really was. This is a moment for Nick Kelly. He's been waiting for this moment for some time. He says, I openly stand by this. I'm the French fries and mayo person. You, the, 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 Y'all ever put vinegar and Old Bay on your fries like a normal human being? Yeah, I have, and I like it. Why would you ever choose mayo? Because I, you know, I like to mix it. You up know, ranch fries. exists. It does, and ranch is good too. Way better. A billion. This is the problem with mayo. This is. The, we, let me do this really quickly. We'll talk to Marco Far. Jake Luke is here. Mayo is fine. There is always a better condiment available. I agree. There is no scenario where mayo is the best thing that you can do in that moment. Now, 
there will be a point that people will make. Like, an aioli involves mayo. I understand. They upgraded it. They upgraded it. There is nothing that you can tell me where mayo is the best option for what you're consuming. I have been there switching a, a lot thing. to uh, been switching a lot to mustard for sandwiches for health purposes mainly. And mustard is better, I think. Anyway. It's better, yes. And start with that. But there, by the way, somebody would say something like, "What about on a BLT? An aioli? An aioli better on a BLT than mayo?" And I get it. You're saying, "Well, it's not all that different." I understand. It's still better. It's still better. That's the point of all of this. These are the important conversations that we have on this program. These are the things we have to get to the bottom of. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Ravens Rams coming up on Sunday. Joining us now to preview the Rams, he is a Super Bowl champion. He is part of their broadcast crew. He is our friend DeMarco Farr, and he's back with us now here on GCR. DeMarco, it's Glenn and Paul and Jake in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Happy New Year. Thank you for taking a few minutes for us. Who's Team Mayo? Because I'm on that side. Oh, no! Thank you, DeMarco. I'm Team Mayo. Thank you. What? No, 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 no. It's what I just said. Name, 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 tell me what it is that you love having mayonnaise on, and I'll tell you a better condiment for that that item. It's uh, BLTs. Perfect. I just said this. You can't have a BLT without mayo. Yes, you can. Well, you can have aioli. And I get it. It involves mayo, but it's still an upgrade. An aioli, a pesto aioli is an upgrade. If we were ever out to lunch and we ordered BLTs and you put aioli, I would walk out. No, good. I wouldn't want to be with you. <laughs> God. DeMarco, where do you come down on uh, mayo on French fries? No, can't do it. Right, Saw God. it done thank over God. in Amsterdam. Couldn't give, believe it. Give it a try. Um, yeah, they, they do it, it over there. Yeah, they love it. Uh, just That's just not my thing. I <sighs> guess I draw the line there. The good news is I, res- spread. I had enough respect for you that I could survive this this <laughs> this thing that's occurred. This has been a really difficult last 20 minutes on our show this morning because we learned that my young Jake, who's sitting in with us today, he doesn't know who John Glenn was. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Come on now. What? what that's... Uh, shout out to your high school. Oh, oh no! Oh no! We like your high school. We're not gonna. We're not gonna blame them for this. You would actually be surprised. It would be unbecoming of my high school to probably not know that. But yeah, that's all I'll say about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Not a not a great not a great. It's just been a weird. And then the mayonnaise thing. It's just been a really difficult twenty minutes. So we we need your help it's here, Demarco. Far we need your help. Hey, quickly before we get to the Rams. Um, you know, obviously we've been talking a lot about John Madden. Um, can you tell me about any interaction that you had with John Madden over the years as a player, as a broadcaster? Oh, man. Big time. I mean, we all grew up on Madden. I mean, you, you either, especially in the Bay Area, uh, you wanted to grow up and be a Raider because of him. You wanted, uh, and then when you became a football player, you wanted John Madden to talk about you or say your name or give you a boom. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually when that Madden bus started to go to each and every team, you wanted to get on, meet the man, and, you know, be an all Madden player. Uh, you know, just he's, he's everything football used to be to me. You know what I mean? I mean, he was, he was the game. Um, I hope we can still stay with it because, I mean, that's classic, traditional, old-school football, what it, what, what it was meant to be about. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a sad passing. Um, you know, I hope we can all just stop for a hot minute and realize how far, we come as, how far we've come as a sport. Uh, and John Madden is just – his voice – is the soundtrack of the sport, if you yeah. ask me. Oh, it's so well said, DeMarco. I mean, it's just and what a what a unique. And it's the reason why John Glenn came up because like it's that type of unique American life. And I'm not trying to compare yeah. John Madden to being you know an American badass, but no, like I know what you mean. it's that yeah. unique, such an incredible American life. Um, oh, that w- I got a funny one for you. Uh, this was we were bad in St. Louis, and so was New Orleans. And I don't know how we drew Madden and Summerall to the game, okay. but they were doing our game. It was the Battle of the Cellar. I think they were warming up for the playoffs. The game was so bad 
that they put our game in the picture in picture and started watching the sunset and talking about that. Oh and it was so compelling. <laughs> it's like Vin Scully sitting there talking to himself. Or talking right. about the glass <laughs> That's awesome. That is so great, man. All right, DeMarco Farr, Ravens-Rams on Sunday. By the way, for those that haven't heard, uh, John Harbaugh said that Lamar Jackson will practice today, so that is a good sign. Wow. Does not guarantee anything, but that's a good sign for the Baltimore Ravens. DeMarco, as far as the Rams are concerned, right, there was that dip in the middle of this. There was obviously out-of-control expectations coming into the year, and then a bit of a dip in the middle of the season. They have looked good since then. Um, what happened, and are there lingering concerns because of that dip in season, or is the belief now, no, these are the Rams we always thought they were going to be. It is The Super Bowl train is very much back on. Well, yeah, that's, it was more of a, a dip. It was a pothole. I mean, you lose to Tennessee, and they steamrolled you. San Francisco, it was a no contest. Then you get the week off, so you kind of regroup. You're getting ready for Green Bay, and that was almost non-competitive up there in Green Bay. So it was, it was a big-time pothole. Uh, but since then, and it seems like Jacksonville has been the get-right team for a lot of teams. You, you come back, and uh, you get right versus Jacksonville 37-7, and then – you go down to Arizona on Monday night, and this was the big one, if you ask me. Arizona was hot. Uh, we're still trying to figure out where the Rams are because that three-game losing streak was you know, just in the rear view, and you, you cool off the hottest team in the league. You give yourself confidence, and you absolutely snatch their heart. They haven't been the same since that game, and neither have the Rams. Uh, Sean McVay and this offense have found the running game. Sony Michelle brought that SEC style of running to – this offense, and you can you kind of couple that with Cooper Cup, it's dangerous uh, when you can go 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 13 personnel, keep the ball moving, keep that defense, you know, uh, constantly changing. With Matthew Stafford being able to get the ball anywhere, yeah, it's, uh, they kind of found their mojo, and they've added a little spice with the run game. So to me, that's been the biggest difference. So it's still there. Uh, we haven't thought about it, but you've won four straight since you lost three straight, so you kind of forgot about that three-game losing streak at this point. DeMarco, uh, Baltimore's defense is a big issue right now, 29th in DVOA. They're filtering guys in and out off of COVID and whatnot. What is the worst this Rams offense has looked this season, and what can Baltimore do to replicate what happened on that day? Oh, probably 10 points versus San Fran. But, I mean, that's personal. I was going to ask you the same thing. Uh, Cincinnati and, and Baltimore, that's, that's a personal deal. Uh, but when you turn on that tape, when I did, uh, I saw Cincinnati playing a whole lot faster than Baltimore. I don't know if that's just what's going on in Baltimore with the whole COVID situation, but it seemed like that offense was more fired up than your defense, which scared me because they're going to wake up versus the Rams. But, you know, if, if the whole thing hinges here on Matthew Stafford, if you get good Matthew Stafford, you know, there's, there's not that many teams out there that can beat you. I mean, you're talking about elite-level quarterback play. But, you know, like the guy we saw last week in Minnesota uh, that tries to do too much, that's turned the ball over, puts his defense in bad situations. That's the bad Matthew Stafford. Remember, he's unproven in the postseason. But uh, if, if you get that good guy going, then things look good for the Rams. But when he starts to spray it all over the field, you kind of hold your breath a little bit. You're not sure where the next one's going. He is DeMarco Farr. He's with us here on GCR previewing the Rams. I, but, I, you know, I don't know, DeMarco. The Ravens are just so depleted defensively that there just might not be. As, as, as prideful as they are and as much as it bothers them, the, the secondary they're lining up is, is, is XFL level at best, unfortunately, at the moment. And so it might not make a difference. Let me go, let me go back to what you, you brought up, however, with the run game. To your point, Sony Michelle has been tremendous of late. Now Cam Akers is suddenly part of the equation mm -hmm. again. 
what does that look like moving forward? You know, given how well Sony Michelle has played, introducing Cam Akers back into the backfield. Yeah, it looks like Christmas, and you got a lot of presents under the tree. Yeah, uh, no, it really does. I yeah. mean, Cam Akers was the best back uh, the Rams had. He was the lead back, and he was great out of eleven personnel: one tight end, one running back. That's what Sean McVay wants to live in. So. He's the guy that you can motion out beyond the numbers, and he's a viable pass-catching threat. He's got great hands, plus he can run it if you have a light box. So you're bringing back your best 11 personnel running back. Sony Michelle is more of old-school, downhill, traditional type. Two tight ends, possibly three if you bring in the extra big, which the Rams have done, bring in the extra offensive line. He's great at that, and that's how they've kind of paced themselves and got back on track. So think about, think about it this way. Your best 11 personnel back is coming back. McVeigh loves that. Showed us Matthew Stafford. Plus, if the game gets dirty, gets nasty, gets physical, or you need to send a message, Sony Michelle is on a tear. I think only is it Jonathan Taylor has more yeah. yards than him yeah. in the last four. It's crazy. Weeks. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's a perfect time to get Cam Akers back. But it's unbelievable. When have you ever heard of a guy tearing his Achilles and coming back in the same season? It's it's similar to what was what was Terrell Suggs' injury the Super Bowl year? The where, yeah, yeah, like you're just like holy crap! I couldn't believe that he was back. I mean, it's not. It really is nuts. It's nuts. Um, I, I like. It makes I, me mad. I'm like, where were these doctors <laughs> when I were playing? <laughs> How much longer could your career have been? No, no doubt about doubt. it. <laughs> you, you referenced Cooper Cup a second ago. There, there are people that would argue that Cooper Cup is deserving of MVP consideration this season. Watching him week in, week out, and what he's done for Matt Stafford and what he's done for that offense, do you believe there's something to that conversation? Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. It's the same thing with Isaac Bruce. Now, we were teammates forever, and, you know, Isaac just didn't talk. It took a year and a half for him to talk to the rookie class, and I had a locker right next to him, and he was quiet. But you have to understand, Ike, it's the same thing with Cooper Cup. He just does not call attention to himself. He's so humble. He's about the team, and that's it. If he were a little more flamboyant, if he were a guy that kind of celebrated and gave you some of that Odell Beckham Jr. flavor once he scored, he'd be the runaway choice for MVP. Uh, He'd have more, I guess, sound bites and and things to to call from to put in the minds of everyone else that, I guess, has a vote. But, yeah, the offense goes through him. It really does. Uh, You know, you can't stop him from getting the football. If you man him up, if it's one-on-one, he's going to win. And that's with all due respect to anybody that's out there against him. He's just that good and he's on a tear if you try to zone him off and double him they'll rub to get him open so it's a concerted effort number one he's earned the right to be the number one receiver and he's really really good and number two Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford are trying to get him the football at the same time so yeah I mean when a head coach says to the world that the offense runs through him that's saying a lot because here you are uh, number one in the west possibly having a chance to you know, pull on that number two seed and, and be a threat, real threat for the NFC to come out of this thing and get to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, uh, I, I think it's warranted. I think it's fair. It's unbelievable what he does, not just pass catching, but his blocking as well. I mean, he's been tremendous. So this could be his year to really break through and get some of those individual honors, achievement honors. So we just got word here that Lamar Jackson is going to be practicing in a limited capacity today. From an impartial sort of national standpoint, with his Q rating being a little low right now after some tough performances and then being out sick and out injured and all that stuff, how much does he scare you going up against this Rams defense if it is, in fact, going to be him? And uh, what are you expecting to uh, see from them or uh, Huntley or whoever it might be? Extremely. 
uh, scary. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you're facing a guy like that has the aura of, of Mike Tyson. I can care less what he looks like. He still scares you on the way out of the room. So until he proves that he's not that guy, he's still the guy I saw here a few years ago uh, when mm. he blew by me mm. when I was on the sideline. Yeah. Um, there were two guys that ran by me at top speed where I could feel the wind. One was Alvin Kamara, and two was Lamar Jackson. And Lamar actually was running faster. It's just that ain't wow. fair mm. to have that sort of speed at quarterback. So, But this was my thought. I was always a fan of his coming out of college. I thought he was the best quarterback in the draft, but, you know, because of his style, he will probably go last. But I said this, I wondered, what will happen to Lamar Jackson if he can't run as much? He, he can still throw. He's been pretty good. He can get the ball around. He can still play traditional quarterback need, would need be, but if I'm facing Lamar Jackson that's coming off a lower leg injury, yeah, I'll take that every single time. When that guy is healthy, you don't have a shot. You really don't. He can throw, he can run, and he's smart. So, Facing a wing Lamar Jackson makes me feel a little bit better, just a little bit. That guy can still give you problems, even at half speed. Um, what, what is, let me just let's finish. The, can you finish this sentence for me, Demarco Farr? The L.A. Rams will be in the Super Bowl in their own building at the end of the season if blank. They beat San Francisco at the end of the year. Okay. Without okay. pause. Yeah, without pause because that's a personal thing. San Francisco's one and four in the West. One and four in the NFC West. The only team they know they can beat is the Rams. That's it. it, it it's a personal thing. It's, it's um, a confidence thing. It's like facing your big brother. At some point, you're going to have to face that Goliath and win. Once you get that off your back, there's nothing out there that can stop you. Really. And, and look, if you have a two-back system, if Cam Akers comes back and plays like we think he can play, that kind of balances out that Green Bay equation. Go in there if you have to. Have you watched American Underdog yet? Not yet. Uh, well, look, I got outvoted. I have a six-year-old, so okay. we had a choice between that movie and Sing Two. I lost. Oh man! Oh, that's rough. Yeah. That is but real rough. It was good though. <laughs> I, okay, I'm happy to hear that. I was gonna. I, what I wanted to add, like, is there? Do you happen to know if there's a, a Demarco Far cameo in the film yet? Yeah, I don't have a speaking role. My okay. number is is visible. Okay, we're at practice. There's a lot of football stuff. But here's the thing: I'm six foot five, and I have dreadlocks. Dreadlocks I can do without, but the 6'5", I love. <laughs> they picked the exact perfect person. Thank you, thank you. No I doubt. appreciate that. I, now, I mean, it's so funny you say that you have a six-year-old. I would like to hope, like, did you explain to your six-year-old, hey, like, daddy's kind of in this movie? <laughs> like, Well, you don't have a six-year-old. There is no explaining. I do, actually. <laughs> oh, I do have a six-year-old. Well, you don't have There's no explaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you're right about that. It's 100%. By the way, the difficulty of me explaining him that he's probably not ready to see the Spider-Man film has been really tough. It's wow. been a really tough week because every moment of every day, because he heard me, my wife and I talking about going to see Spider-Man, he was like, I want to see Spider-Man. I, I don't know how to explain to him, like, I, I just don't think you're quite ready for this. Oh, wow. I don't you know, think... I, I offered my daughter, like, she loves Spider-Man. She wanted yeah. to, but then she didn't. And when she said I didn't want to go, I'm like, okay, honey, bye. Oh, yeah. You're <laughs> like, I'm going anyway. Whatever I'm you're going. doing. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going for sure. Uh, DeMarco Farr, man, it's great to catch up with you. I always enjoy these conversations. Can we plug anything for you besides, you know, your Twitter and Instagram, anything like that? It's... No, no. Just, uh, you know, Mayo. You know, oh God! Oh, Come on now! No, no. <laughs> There's more of us out there than you think. Oh, God. Demarco <laughs> Far One on Twitter. Other than that, I really love this man, Demarco. Thank you, my friend. Really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us. Have a great New Year. Enjoy the game on Sunday. All you right? too. Happy New Year, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Demarco Far, Super Bowl champion. 
uh, part of the Rams broadcast crew. And yeah, of course, the last time the Ravens and Rams played, it was an ass kicking. For the record, I'm a Mayo guy myself. I, it's I this hate is this for you. Three this to is, one. This is let me let me make this very clear. As I said a million times, I don't hate Mayo the way that people hate Mayo. I would never celebrate Mayo. I think it's absurd to celebrate Mayo. Oh, I'm not going to dump a whole container of Duke's Mayo. I don't even mean that. I mean to declare yourself a Mayo guy. There yeah, is there are I am. always better condiments. There is always a better option. Every scenario, there's something that will upgrade what it is that you're consuming more than mayo does. Every single scenario. See, I you when I was a kid, I did not like mayonnaise, and then one day, I exact got, opposite for me. I, I was I was the guy that put mayonnaise on everything when I was younger. I got a I'm Mc, with Paul. I was the same way. I got a McChicken Sweet. sandwich, and I asked my mom, "No mayo," and she forgot, and there was mayo on it. I said, "I guess I'll eat it anyway." I ate it. And it was a revelation. I, that, I, that, I, I, I was, and it's, I I've, to, I've been mayo uh, ever since. It disturbs me. I don't know so if there's much. any uh, competitive, uh, you know, outlets here, but Wawa, you do the uh, we do bit we, of mayo. We do love Royal Farms. Yeah, yeah. we do yeah. love Royal Farms. So yes. Royal Farms. Yes, you do course. the little bit of mayo yes. option. I like that. Just a you know a touch of it, and that, that really <sighs> that really turns. But you just turns disturbs me so there. much, though, Paul. The point in my life, which I realized how wrong I was, was I was a man that probably would have had a McChicken sandwich at McDonald's. And then I realized the first time I ever, because when you go to, as a child, when you go to Chick-fil-A, you always get nuggets. Because when you're a child, you get nuggets wherever you are. It's just what you eat. You eat chicken nuggets. The first time I got a Chick-fil-A sandwich with nothing on it, just the sandwich, I realized this is the answer. It's not just that it doesn't need mayo. It needs nothing. And then you have to second guess every, if I'm eating something that requires mayonnaise, I should improve what I'm eating. I should eat something better than that. I'm with you in regards to uh, the McChicken sandwich is the only sandwich I'll put is the only chicken sandwich I will put mayo on. I Mm -hmm. find I will find buffalo sauce or ranch or barbecue or something else to put on these are better options on on a chicken sandwich. But overall, or again, a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich, nothing. Yeah, a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich is give me the pickles as is. It's perfection. Um, But a, a deli sandwich, a sub. I'm mayonnaise all day, every day. I'm with him. Yeah, there's so many better options. Do, Mustard do, is you, a better do you put option mayonnaise for, on a burger? For no, yeah, my see, wife, I, won't, my, I won't do that. My wife does that. I do mustard on burgers. Mustard, mustard is a better option for your deli sandwich too. It's a better. I like mustard. I'm not knocking mustard. I'm just mayonnaise first. Name the be- deli sandwich that's better with mayonnaise than it is with mustard. Name it. Cold cut. No, cold cut's still better with mustard. Or or the real answer to a cold cut, of course, oil and vinegar. That's the real answer. Yeah, but you can do both. You can do a little bit of mayo real, and oil and vinegar. Nobody does See, it right. I, nobody gets that number. I've been known to do a little bit of both mayonnaise and mustard on a sandwich. I put mayonnaise on the top slice that's, and mustard that's on the pretty, bottom. That's pretty disruptive. I'm going to have to <laughs> give that a shot. I haven't done it in a long time, but I used to do it on every sandwich. It's Aaron Donald levels yeah. of disruptive. Like that. That's, that's <laughs> Zuckerberg in 2004. I like oh, that. Oh, man, not bad. Not bad. All right. Uh, I was just talking about Chick-fil-A, of course. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, then try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Um, yes, Lamar Jackson, according to John Harbaugh, will practice. What was the exact quote that John Harbaugh gave? What did he? Something to the effect of like limited in practice. I want to make sure that we have this right. I want to make sure that we have this right. Um, John Harbaugh. This is from Jeff Zrebeck. John Harbaugh said that Lamar Jackson will practice today, likely on a limited basis. Yeah. 
There you go. So I don't, I don't know what the exact quote was, but that's the way that Jeff Zrebeck described it. Look, on a Wednesday, that there's no other way to look at it. That's a very positive sign. If he's in a limited practice on Wednesday, that gives you a lot of ramp up to him being eligible to, or available to play on Sunday. That's a. There's no way around that. I mean, it's a he's, very he's barely practiced before games this year. Yes, I mean, especially when he's sick. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't practicing at all. And they, like, and that's I've said that a million times. Even the last couple of weeks, when people were like, "Well, if he doesn't practice, he's not playing." I'm like, "Well, this is Lamar Jackson that we're talking about. That's not true." Like, they would play him if he can play. Um, the fact now there is the concern that he goes out and he he's a limited participant today, and the ankle doesn't respond the right way, and tomorrow he doesn't practice, and then we're redealing with that. I'm not. Anybody who wants to read further than what we've got, that's a mistake. What we've got is positive sign that he's pra- that he's going to practice. If he stacks practices, if he practices again tomorrow, even if it's limited, really positive sign. If he practices all three days, almost no chance that he's not playing on Sunday. So I've severely did I, did I do that double negative? Almost no chance that he's not. Almost no. Yeah, I, it's a double negative, so it works. He's essentially that means he's playing on Sunday. I, I've I've severely sprained both of my ankles at least twice. Uh, well, you're a high-level athlete. I am an athlete, yeah. but um, I, I like to, You've never seen me play sports. Clay. Yeah, but it, it's, when you use athlete, it's just... Like, I, am, I am athletic. I don't know if you know this. I'm the 25th fastest man in Annapolis. <laughs> Actually, no, I was wrong. I'm the 20th fastest man in Annapolis. First Peloton yeah. ride yesterday, I was 17th out of 340. Look at you. Yeah, there Look you go. Look at you. Well, that's not in Annapolis, though, so I'm sorry. No, it doesn't count. No, that's count. just across yeah. the country. I was the 20th fastest man in Annapolis. <laughs> um, and I deserve but, more. I was like the 50th fastest man in Baltimore and the 20th fastest man in Annapolis, and I deserve a little more credit for there that. There you go. There you it's go. It's three years. I'm, I'm, I'm three years removed. I haven't defended you, my titles. You, you, could, you could do it again. I'm proud you of you. You choose not <laughs> to run. Yeah, correct. Um, but better. on two of these ankle injuries, I've, I've been on crutches. Now, I'm no doctor. That's my father. But I will say that when you go <laughs> I will in, say I did say it in a holiday in Express when, last night. And these have been the times when I was playing college baseball and semi-pro baseball and stuff like that. So when you, when you go back out there after the injury, um, it becomes more about pain tolerance after a while. Now, sure, sure, uh, so, 100%. So yep. it's, it's one of those things where I don't think he's going to re-aggravate the injury. It's how much pain how can he How does he respond tolerate? to it really right. is correct. That's a better way of saying it. You're not wrong about that. All right, we still have to take one more break. I know it's already 12.13, and I, I, I'm sorry. It's it, it, Whatever. We're doing a short, We're not doing a show on Friday, so you're getting a bonus two hours during the course of the week this week. Uh, today's show also brought to you by the uh, Best of Issue of Pressbox, which is available right now. Our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year recognized on the cover. He is Justin Tucker inside the top people performance. And says, yeah, yeah, I talk for a living. People, performances, and moments of 2021. Go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all, pressboxonline.com slash best of. We'll come back in, tidbit, tubit, or wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest issue of Pressbox is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles, and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Day. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Project Game Day returns this Sunday. It'll be myself and Ken Zalis with you. I'm with you at halftime. He joins me post-game. Facebook.com slash Sports, as well as YouTube.com slash Online, which is where you can find us now on YouTube. Um, I've been doing it all season, love doing it, even as there's been some struggles recently. Project Game Day brought to you by Glory Days Grill as well as Window Nation and Underdog Fantasy Football. Uh, Quickly, from Dave. Dave says, um, no, I don't want to ask, I don't want to do it. Glenn, you should do a quiz and ask Jake about other important American figures and see if he knows who they are. I'm up for it. I don't. I didn't. I don't have anything prepared, though. I mean, I don't. I don't. Next really time. Know. Next time. Yeah. Right. Seriously. I mean, how many of the presidents do you think you could name? Probably a oh. decent amount. Well, I think I, you. You gotta. You. I don't ask you to add. Washington. Name them in order. Jefferson. Uh huh. Those Adams. Are the, Lincoln. Okay. All right. Uh huh. Um, Two Roosevelts. Okay. Both Roosevelts. Yes. Right. Obama, so, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh Joe Biden. Trump. Uh huh. Clinton. Uh huh. Both bushes. Uh-huh. You're doing. You're, 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 you're fine. You're, yeah. you're fine. You've, you've proven Jimmy yourself. Carter, Nixon. Okay. Let, yeah, let yeah, that. Yeah, let yeah, this yeah. constitute that test, then, and I pass. With Warren G. Harding. There you go. That is I, a president. I will 100%. tell you that I got Calvin my Coolidge. my very first D ever was on was when I was in fifth grade, and we had to do a president's report, and I got Warren G. Harding. And I will tell you unequivocally, he is the most boring president in history. No, how of about presidents. that? How about that? And so, therefore, I said, you know what? I'm just not gonna do this, and I'll see what happens. A D. Is what happened. Brian asked if we were going to do the counties quiz. 
no, because I found out during the break that he would fail miserably on that one as well. So I just don't. So have let's it. just say we did it, and I did not pass that. No, one. not during a break. He started. He's like, I can name some counties in Maryland. He named five. I like how we both named Wicomico or Wicomico twice. That is so twice. random. I went to we college na- there. We both named oh, yeah, them named there, them right. first. Hey, did you get did you get uh, an answer from your wife? Um, she said she thinks it sounds familiar. I'm oh, not gonna. No. I'm not. Oh gonna, wow! Guys, guys she is having. Oh, no. She is having the the month of all months. Do this ex- exercise. She is having she's the month of months. She's a respiratory therapist, as you would imagine. Not a great time at the moment. And she's she's not getting a, a COVID test at three thirty because oh. she does not feel well. So oh, great. Oh, is that your way of saying you might not be here tomorrow? Oh man, I didn't even oh, think God. about that. That's a problem. Uh, I'm gonna That's have to go real get a problem. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. She has she has what she considers symptoms. I do not have a one. I hope not. I better not. <laughs> the both of us are in a very small room with you right now. Oh, that's a rough. It took a rough turn here. Oh man. <laughs> somehow, right. somehow, you made it worse than Jake <laughs> not knowing John Glenn. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I wriggled out of that. God. Oh no, you're not out of it. You're just yeah, excited for yeah. that. Tidbit brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. Um, if you're not playing Underdog, you're insane. Use the code PRESSBOX. Sign up. We will match up to $100 on your first deposit with free money for you to play with. It's the daily. It's the weekly fantasy games, but it's also player props, parlays, the things that make you feel like you're betting, which while, yes, you can do in Maryland now, you still can't do on your phone, but you can do it with Underdog Fantasy Football, underdogfantasy.com. All right, on Sunday, Mark Andrews tallied eight catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. It was his third straight game with at least 115 yards and a score. Overall, Andrews has 93 receptions for 1,187 yards and nine touchdowns, by far the best season by a tight end in in franchise history, and arguably the greatest receiving season by any pass catcher the club has ever had. Three times this season, Andrews has had at least 10 receptions in a game, topping out at 11 twice, placing him near the top of the franchise in that category, but not quite at the top. Aside from Andrews, who were the five other players to catch 11 or more passes in a game in franchise history? Derek Mason. Derek Mason. He caught uh, 11 uh, for 85 yards and no scores on October 7th, 2007 at San Francisco. Wow, I don't really remember all those details. That's really weird. Um, Steve Smith. Steve Smith, number one, 13 receptions, 186 yep. yards, and two touchdowns on September 27th versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati I was, yeah. I was at yeah. that game. Yeah, I thought that's what it was. You gonna, you gonna let me just take all of them, or are you gonna you gonna jump? I was in gonna it? say Steve Smith, and then you jumped oh, in. And said it that, seems so. really silly that you didn't say it. Well, maybe you know. Todd Heap. No, that's a little surprising. Mm-hmm. Tory Smith. No. He was more a chunk guy and a passing yeah. interference guy. But he, he definitely had some games, I feel like, where he, he chunked a little bit. Um, Michael Jackson? No. Derek Alexander? No. That's a little surprising, too, just because of the sheer volume for how much they threw the ball. In, in Dennis the, Pitta? Dennis Pitta, fourth. 11 catches, 91 yards. Against who? I don't remember. Against since, at Cincinnati, January 1st, 2017. I, I do remember that. Game. January 1st, 2017? Mm-hmm. That was There's, Steve Smith's last game. I do remember yeah, it was that. A meeting. that they, had, they had been eliminated by the Steelers. The week. That awful, was the year that, that yeah. Pitta had like 85 catches but less than 800 yards. I think that was his last year. Yeah, yeah. he got hurt the, the following training camp, his third hip dislocation. No. Um, so you have two left. Do you want a small hint? I don't think I do. Okay. I don't think I do. There's only been uh, Hollywood. No. 
You're thinking too much about receivers. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, but that, we've already named a few of the tight ends at this point. So, oh, Ray Rice. No. Not Ray Rice. He had 10 a couple times. That's mm. a bit surprising. Tight ends. What other running back or tight end would have had? All right, is it another tight end? No. It's two running backs. Mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be, I would have been more surprised Buck if you... Buck Allen. Buck Allen. I think I remember Jabor's this game. Jaboris Buck Allen. I think I weirdly... On December 6, 2015, yeah. at Miami, he had oh, Miami. he had 12 catches for 107 I, yards and a touchdown. I weirdly remember this game because only because I did a bit about the highest single game fantasy points like in Ravens history, and I was like, what? <laughs> Buck Allen? Buck, and it's the only reason I remember that. And then the other one was Willis McGahee. No. Justin Forsett. No. I don't remember a day that Jamal caught 11 passes. Um, God, it's another running back. Priest Holmes? Priest Oh, that makes Holmes. a lot of sense. That makes a lot of 13 sense. 13 catches for 98 yards on October 11th, 1998 versus Tennessee. I looked Not up bad. Priest Holmes' numbers. His Not three-year run was freaking amazing. No, no question. No uh, question. Over 1,400 yards and over He's 62 catches all three a years. Monster. He was a monster, man. All right, very good. Tidbit was also brought to you today by Window Nation. Final couple of days for you to take advantage of the offer. 50% off all style windows and a house of windows for just $99 a month. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. Tubular brought to you by Live Casino Hotel. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise. The Pinstripe Bowl this afternoon. As of the last I heard, they're still playing it, unlike the Holiday Bowl, which they can't I, – I, they, they revamped an entire foot, uh, a, a baseball stadium for football and canceled the game two hours beforehand. Mm-hmm. I mean, an S show. Just an utter – I mean, I get it, but it's an S show. Maryland-Virginia Tech, 215 on ESPN. Also, uh, the Cheez-It Bowl, Clemson and Iowa State at 545. The Alamo Bowl, Oregon and Oklahoma. On paper, that's a pretty good one at 915 on ESPN. Um, uh, they are going to air – I'm so they are going to re-air All Madden tonight. I was told it was on FS1. Is they, Are they also airing it on Fox tonight? I think, somebody, it's, I think it's both. If it's both. I think so. Okay, if it's both. Both for um, Fox and FS1. Because I think it was originally made for Fox. It, and, yeah, it definitely aired on Fox on yeah. Saturday. Um, and and there this is holiday week, so there's not really any programming on to air anyway. So that kind of makes sense if you haven't seen all Madden yet. Uh, Predators Capitals Capitals come back from the break seven o'clock on NBC Sports Washington NBA TV for Lakers Grizzlies at eight Mavs Kings at ten thirty NBCSN Brentford and Man City at three ten TNT for AEW Dynamite tonight at eight. Some anything non sports wise? Yeah, like you like you said, there's not much going on this. Wait, is today the day for the new Star Wars show? It is. The yeah. Book of Boba Fett premiere on okay. Disney+. Plus. Uh, Animal Planet, River Monsters, Deadliest Man-Eaters. At ah, eight, hell yeah. 8 o'clock. Um, uh, Anxious People, uh, it's a Netflix series debut, say. Crime Scene, The Times Square Killer, also de- a Netflix documentary debut, say. Hard Knocks in season, the Indianapolis Colts at 10 o'clock on HBO. All right, very good. Uh, Tubular uh, was also brought to you. Look, we are, I'm prom- we are still... Even I thought it was dead. It's not dead. We are still actually hoping to do one more Tyus Bowser show. That is that is back on the table. We are still hoping to do that. Working on some details. We have 
Greatly enjoyed doing it all season. Thanks to PressBox, Great Eights Memorabilia, My Bookie, uh, Window Depot Baltimore, WindowDepotBaltimore.com, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Duffy'sGarageMD.com. Uh, but it is still on the table. Continue to pay attention. Be be alert because we're going to look to pull that off somehow, some way before the season is, well, maybe when the season is over. I don't know all the de- We're still working on it. That's all I can tell you. We're still trying to figure out a way to make that happen. Hey, thanks to those of you who made donations uh, at Uptown Cheapskate in Bel Air. I went and picked those up. I also stopped by. I went and saw Andrew Stecka's mom yesterday. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, but thanks to her, thanks to all of you. We uh, got a whole. Um, my car was full this morning. Uh, Jake saw it. I, made, I put Jake to work. I made him haul some uh, coats and clothes up here. Uh, thanks to those of you who stopped by and made donations. And it looks like probably early next week we'll be able to get them to helping up mission. I'm very excited about that. Jake, uh, remind everybody where they can find you. Find me on Twitter at Jake Luke, and my last name is spelled L O U Q U E. You can check out our podcast, Baltimore Beatdown podcast wherever you're getting your shows or on youtube and check out the site too baltimorebeatdown.com a lot of good written raven stuff there if you're so inclined despite the fact that you don't know who john glenn is i greatly appreciate you coming and hanging out this is a lot of fun man yeah appreciate you having me man you're great at this and uh i've been a fan for a long time let's do this again really cool to come in here let's do this again at some point this was fun man thank you very much all right uh thanks today as well to raymond chester wow what a what a conversation that was of him sharing his john madden memories thanks to demarco far we'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the archives tab at glennclarkradio.com um tomorrow we got a busy day remember if you did if you missed it we're going to start the show with the fantasy show tomorrow 10 a.m for the final press box fantasy football show of the year with ken zalas also on tomorrow's show bo smolka is going to join us uh, Drew Forrester will check in. We are going to talk to uh, Leron McLean, uh, one of my favorites over the years. Uh, he's going to check in with us. He's been doing some podcasting and uh, going to talk some Ravens with him. Oh, I do need to try to squeeze the senator in somehow tomorrow, too, to preview the uh, semifinal. We can figure that out. There's, there's a window in there because we don't have to do long with him, but we can figure the time in there. So it'll be our final show of the week as we will be off on Friday. It's a company holiday. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com, as well as MyBookie. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Maryland football. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>